The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode number 79 of the MX Vice Show podcast, uh, coming in straight from the MXGP of Flanders, Belgium. We'll just call it Belgium because who needs the Flanders part? Big weekend in the MXGP series, Jeffrey Herlin's returned and won, which is kind of a surprise, but kind of not a surprise. Like Expectations are a little different with that guy nowadays. Uh, there was a fifth winner in six rounds. The title fight has um, closed up considerably. And yeah, it's actually quite a good time to talk about MXGP. And that's what we're going to do on this episode of the MX Vice Show. Also, we'll have uh, regular segments like the Blenzel Performance of the Week. I believe James is looking forward to rushing that segment through. Uh, Leah asked us anything, some great questions from you guys this week. Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week. And we may even slip in Armour You Smarter Than a Birth. Maybe a triumphant return for that game. As always, we would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. Part one of the MXY show is presented by Fly Racing and their fantastic Formula Helmet. Uh, you would have seen the Formula Helmet on Conrad Muse at Lommel as he raced to a DNF6 scorecard, but hey, it could have been a lot better, and we'll probably get into that as well on this podcast. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. And uh, you can head to flyracing.com and learn all about the Formula Helmet and all of the other magnitude of products that they have on offer. There's the Formula CC, the Formula CP, many different options even within the uh, Formula Helmet category. So yeah, head over there, check those guys out and uh, yeah, help MX Vice out along the way. With me in the co-pilot seat, he's not really steering the ship, but he's giving some input. Uh, it's James Burfield. How's it, how's it going, James? Going good, Lewis Phillips. Going good. A little bit tired, I'm not going to lie, but I didn't do the uh, 16 hours journey that you did on, in a car. Yeah, I realized, I, was, I was thinking when I was driving home, did a lot of driving recently, and I didn't really realize it until I realized it. You must have clocked <laughs> up some miles in the old BMW. Well, there's a bit of an issue with that. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> What's happened? I may, have, I may have exceeded my quota on what my insurance company Thinks I do. <laughs> Within a week. <laughs> wow. Good work. Yes. How, how was the journey? Was it good? Yeah. Because tell, yeah, tell no, people what, what you've been up to. You kind of drove out to, uh, because of the whole COVID restrictions. So I drove to Oss, stayed in the Netherlands, drove to Czech, stayed in Czech, drove back to Belgium, stayed in Belgium, went to Lommel, drove home. And here I am. And then Latvia tomorrow. And then a month off. 
it's weird. I was thinking, like, obviously, the, the one-day schedule is meant to make it easier on people doing multiple races in a row. Like, we wouldn't normally do four rounds in a row. Not so much. <laughs> it's kind of not planned out as well as they'd hoped, eh, with having no, a month I think, off. I think, well, yeah, with the month off, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, we're meant to be going to Finland and Sweden in that time. So it just so happens that COVID just so happened to strike down both of those races. So mm. uh, like if, it, if it had struck down Sweden and Finland and there'd been, one had been in November and one had been in July, it would be like, oh, it's just a little off. Like, oh, it's just random weekends off. But it just so happens that it had to strike the cluster of events that we were going to have in mid-August. But August should be interesting because um, I'd imagine that time off will be filled with MXON stuff. Like I'd imagine that that'll be when teams get announced, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. yeah. Did you watch the MXGP of Flanders, Belgium? I did watch. I didn't, I didn't listen to the uh, post-race podcast, but I did watch the races. Okay. I don't know why you clarify that you didn't listen to the Fly Racing post-race podcast, because you never do. So, like, it, it's fine. We, we know that now. Okay. Okay. They're an hour, weren't they? Were they an hour long this, this They're this always week? an hour. Jesus Christ. Every, every round this year has been, been between one hour five and one hour ten. For some reason. I don't even know how that happens, but somehow they've all been within a five-minute span. I just don't have enough time to keep up with everything. Well, you can always, if you go on mxvice.com, there is a list on the article page with what rider is at what time, so that if you're only interested in a certain rider, you can skip to that time and listen to what that rider had to say. Yeah, that sounds very good. But I, I listen to everything through, um, uh, through the podcast on uh, iPhone. So usually I'm doing. I'm usually I'm driving a lot, so I literally um, uh, put podcasts on and everything else. But I've not. I've just not been driving. I've been at meetings and stuff. So it's, I've had no like time in the car to listen to podcasts. And at home, honestly, there's no chance of that. There was some interesting stuff said this week, but we'll get into. We'll get into. So okay. obviously, you don't watch every GP like you. Like, what am I trying to say? You don't. You are not sat on the couch religiously staring at the TV when a clock strikes 11.15 in England, waiting for it to start. Like, if you're out, you're out and you'll catch up, correct? Yeah. Okay. With Hurling's storyline this past weekend, were you a little more like, I need to watch this? Um, oh, that's, that's, a, that's not that. Hasn't gone the way I, that hasn't gone the way I was expecting already. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm probably not the norm, but uh, I, as soon as it was announced, um, I kind of I kind of expected him to do what he done. I didn't expect him to just if it was any other track other than Lommel, I think it's that extra pressure of it being sand that he has to perform. So I think if it was like Lockett or something like that, he probably would have gave it like twenty five percent less. Oh, so you, you kind of weren't that interested because you kind of thought you knew what was going to happen. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I kind of thought that he might come out all guns blazing in the first race because adrenaline to take over. And um, and then the second race, I thought maybe he'll kind of like you know sort of get like a, a tenth or a twelfth or something. I didn't expect him to be honest to podium. I yeah, I'm I'm kind of similar in a way that like he's done this before, so now I'm almost like I want to make a big deal out of it, but also we've seen this before. Like I don't know, like it's so, it's almost like it's terrible to say. It's almost become normal now because it seems to. Uh, all, all I'm going to say is repeat itself. Yeah, the guy's, the guy's pain threshold must be ridiculous to be able to, to even, like, literally, I just think of, like, 
me and some friends and, and, and people I know, like when you get injured and you try to ride a bike at the speed we're going, we're like, oh, leggers, oh, you know, the guy's got a, a broken shoulder blade. Like in, before he's tried to ride with a broken leg. You, you have to put this into, like most of us can't even get off the couch. We're like, oh, I'm struggling today. I'm just a little tired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like when you start to like, oh, Kasky, get a cup of tea because my, uh, my legs are in. Um, so it's like, you have to put this in perspective. It's like Lama, one of the roughest tracks in, in the world, literally, uh, one of the hardest tracks to ride. And he goes out and does what he does. And, and we all think it's just, ah, Serlin's. Yeah, he, um, name, name another rider. <laughs> name another rider that's willing to sacrifice his body to, to do that. I, I, I'll, I'll wait. He showed me um, after the race, he could barely move his hand above his waist where the shoulder was just that like painful and locked up and like tired and exhausted after the day. So um, that kind of put, I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow. Like, fuck, Jesus Christ. I seen, uh, I seen a, like a, a guy on Twitter who kind of messaged said, oh yeah, I've broken my shoulder blade before and it's not as painful as, as, as everybody's making out. It's like, oh my God, you've rode in the world championship in Lommel. Unreal, nice to meet you. <laughs> just some random guy. Like, like hello. Pull it in perspective. Herlin said that it wasn't really in the plan to race Lummel. Guys are crashing in the second moto at Lockett was a massive impact on the decision. And then so was Finland being cancelled. Those two things kind of added up to be like, okay, if I could just get through these two weekends, then I'll be okay. He's got those two things made it, Yeah, those two things made it a lot um, made his decision a lot easier. It still wasn't it wasn't confirmed until Saturday afternoon. As as far as I was told on Friday, it was a no go. But his bike had gone through tech. So, you know, there was, there was a chance, but I think it was unlikely. Saturday morning, he was, getting, he was trying to get cleared by the FIM doctor. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. this, seems, this is going in a direction. And then the final test was Saturday. He went and rode at a sand track in the Netherlands, Dern. He did a 15-minute moto and a 30-minute moto. And then after that, he rung Red Bull KTM and said, Let's go. Right, let's do this. So that <laughs> so was his final test. Mental, just done 45 minutes on a Saturday just to warm the shoulder up. Yeah. He, said that he, he said that he was sat on his couch on Saturday afternoon, uh, Saturday evening. Seriously, have I got to do a GP tomorrow? He was up, I think his shoulder, he was in a lot of pain and discomfort and fatigue and everything. Jesus. But to go out and win. There's no question, he cut the lead from 51 to 42. There's no question it was the right decision. Ah, oh, 100%. 100%. You can, and you can, like, he said he wanted to do it so he wouldn't have any regrets. And you can, if he'd missed it, he would have regrets because he would have watched Geyser finish sixth overall. He would have seen the conditions. It was the softest Lommel ever, by all accounts. And he would have been like, ah, that's, that's, yeah, that would have, maybe I could have done that. Yeah, no, you have to do it. Well, not you have to do it. I mean, if... I don't want to. No, no none of us want to. But for him, he has to, because like he said, no regrets. And he would have sat there and regretted it especially with the, how things unfolded. I do think that, going back to what I asked you originally, I do think that a lot of new, or not, not so much new, but I think a lot of people were more eager to tune in this past weekend to find out what was going to happen. Well, that, this is the interesting thing, because I've also read online that uh, a lot of riders were pissed off because uh, the attention's always on Hurlins. It's like, but I think the attention's on Hurlins because he's, this isn't just a rider riding with a broken shoulder blade. This is a rider who 
if this goes well, he's in the title fight. And if not, he's out. Like, so there's a lot on the line for us as fans because we, we are like, us as fans, not being me and you, being everyone in the world, because it's like, if this goes well, this is on. Like, we're, this, is, this is, the fight is on. So like, and everyone obviously wants everyone to be in that title fight. And we've got Hurlins back in it now. So everyone's, so that's why I think as fans, everyone was more invested in it purely because of that. Because it was like, now, like if Hurlings hadn't raced, going into Latvia, it would be like, yeah, it's guys of Fevra, Crowley, Prado for the title still. So yeah, that's good. But now we've got this Hurlings guy who like, who knows again? Like, is he going to cut it down even more? And then is it only, is it going to be 30 something? And then that's even more, like there's a, there's a lot more for us to buy into as fans. But what, but what he gives as a rider is a story. There's a storyline. So the MXGP has just become so much more interesting because it's, there's a story behind it. You're following this guy's progress to see if he can get back on a bike to actually be in the title race. And one of the things which you can tell why you know, there's so much interest because literally every American person that I follow or follows me or whatever, um, they watched it. So yeah, this is a thing. Like, like this is it's, this isn't just a European thing. He's got followers from all over the world, like literally following his progress. Herlin's attitude, his past, his story, his life—it's got interest around the world. He's not. A, if he was a quiet person, then it would have had half the interest. But his career, the highs and the ridiculous highs and the ridiculous lows, everyone's invested in that because it's been so ridiculously high and ridiculously low that we don't know anymore. No one knows anymore. Like one week, like who knows what's coming next? Who knows? That's Um, what we want. It's like a TV show that we're all following. It's got everything. It's got a plot. So um, he said of a... uh, because he said after us, on Sunday night after us, he said that he wasn't in pain. Like, sat on his couch, he wasn't in pain. He said that it was just dividing us a problem. Um, so I asked him after the race, I, like, he was obviously stood in front of me. So I said, yeah. like, are you in pain right now? Like, because obviously he wasn't doing anything, he was just stood. I was like, are you in pain right now? Or are you, like, okay? And he said there wasn't, like, he has no pain when he's just stood there. But he said that I shouldn't ask him to do a push-up. Because well, I, I imagine that wouldn't have gone very well. <laughs> but he said... Um, Interestingly, is he said that he would quite like, like the next step for him is he'd quite like to ride without so many painkillers. He said that he was sat on the line for the second moto and he, with so many painkillers that he was a bit like, ugh. <laughs> Felt a bit but like he said, he's already said He's already said that he thinks he's going to have to use quite a lot of painkillers to get through Latvia. But then after that, like obviously after that, it's a big reset. So, um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And all, he's also going to try and ride once this week. He wants to ride Friday, but KTM would rather him ride Thursday because uh, listeners of the podcast from a year ago will remember that Latvia changed their travel restrictions for each country at Friday midday. And if you land 12.01, you're subject to the new restrictions, which basically changes, it changes quite a lot each week because I've been monitoring Everything. it for a month now. Yeah. And it's like basically you could take off thinking that, oh, I'm traveling from the UK, I'm fine. Land, turn on your phone and find out that you've got to go to a lab and then isolate for 10 days. So everyone, although it's a two-day, although it's a one-day format, everyone, well, I shouldn't say everyone, 90% of people are going in a landing before midday on Friday just to get in the country before, but just in case something changes. <laughs> like I'm going Thursday night, just in case. Because obviously it'd be a bit of a disaster. But at the moment, everyone's fine. 
in like four years' time, like looking back on this last couple of years of all everything what we had to do. I mean, we're all saying that we know we know the world's not going to go back to like total normality because this virus is always going to be around. But the things what we've had to do, the hurdles we've had to jump through. I mean, look at yourself trying to um, get back into the country. Well, weirdly, I had no trouble getting back into the country this time. However, rather than like, quiz me about COVID, this is how the story went, right? I pulled up a border control in my car, obviously. I was doing the Euro tunnel. <laughs> and the guy went, what do you do then? And I went, oh, we're like sports media. And he went, what sport? And I went, motocross. And he went, what sport's that? And I was like, motocross. <laughs> like, uh, motorbikes. <laughs> so I said, I was like, oh, dirt bikes. And he was like, oh, I don't know that. And I was like, oh, right. And then he went, okay, have fun. And I was like, oh, cheers, thanks. That was easy. Almost like there's no COVID around. That's good. And then yeah. I pulled up a little further and a policewoman pulled me over and went, is this your car, sir? And I was like, yeah, it is, matter of fact. And she was like, how long have you owned this? And I was like, what? Since the now, like, what? Why is this a problem? Like, what? what? I, like, I was just literally like, so you're, like, you're not going to check me for COVID. I've got all this paperwork, but you want to now see if I own my car. Like, leave, leave me alone. You should have just, just gone with that. You should have just gone with that. But what you say, funny, because I thought exactly the same thing yesterday when, I got, when we got this question for the Leah Ask Us Anything segment. I'll read, like, we're not answering now, but I'll, like, Dan Evans 525 said, are all VMX GP riders double jabbed or not getting the vaccine? Just curious after you guys discussing Prado and how COVID was still affecting him. Can you imagine if we got that question two years ago? Are all MXGP riders double jabs? We'd be like, what? <laughs> Punch in the face twice. Yeah, like, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? And now it's like, oh, yeah. So, it's like, bizarre. It's the norm. I'll tell you what's also bizarre. Well, not, no, it's not bizarre. You'll love this. So, did okay. you watch me on the studio show? Yes, I did. So, did you hear me call Fevra to win? Um, I probably oh. didn't take any notice of that because you already done it on the. Um, uh, Benzel performance the week, didn't we? Was it Benzel? Did I? I thought you said Fev. Yeah, didn't you? I, honestly, I can't remember. Oh I no, maybe know. you didn't. No, you said Hurlins. No, I don't think I said Hurlins. I think you did. I can't remember. I'll double check. I I'll said Kaida Wolf. Yeah, you said Kaida Wolf. I know that. But either way, Saturday I wasn't even asked who I thought was going to win, and I just bloody ripped Fever out there. Has he's won two GPs in the last four years? Never won at Lommel, but I just, I just ripped that out there. I thought you'd like that. Yeah, that was good work. Speaking of Fevra, and also speaking of the studio show, I'd like to apologize for my mask. Not sure what happened there, but very what embarrassing. What was wrong with your mask? Well, it just wouldn't stay up. It's because you've got a big nose. No, because that should help. And I haven't got a big nose, so don't... <laughs> <laughs> so, Fevra, uh, three weeks ago, you said no chance he wins the title. What say you now? Six um, points down. Second place. Um, Two motor know. wins. One overall win. Yeah, he's looking good. Um, I, just, I just don't know. I still don't see it. I've got to be honest. Will he be? What? So you, you would still say no chance? I, I would still say, not no chance, but I would still say I don't think he's going to be the 2021 MXGP champion. No. No, I still, oh. think, I still think Hurlins and Geyser of, 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 uh, are, in, are in this. 
I think it's going to be between one, you know, either one of those. Okay, but no chance is a strong statement. Um, it is a strong one, yeah. What you? What do you think? Hmm. I'm I'm high on Fevra. Quite a lot. I would I still put him above Herlin's Crowley or Prado? Hmm. I don't know, but right now I'm high on Fevra. That's all I know. Right now I am riding the Fevra train and loving every second of it. Well, of course you are. He's, he's just he, fast. Like yeah, he's, he's so fast. But he doesn't bounce like Geyser. That should be a song. Well, I don't know. He's doing quite well so far. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but I'm just waiting for that that big one. Well, he is trying to he is trying to fix those mistakes. He obviously crashed in both motos on Sunday. Crashed in the second moto at Lockett. For both motos at Oss. Second moto at Majora. Can't remember Matley. So yeah, he's, his, his crash record as far as motors go is like 80% at the moment. But still, yeah. I, I don't, I, there's a, there's a good chance, I think. He looks so good. He is fast. No, I, you know, and 100% got better in sand. And he's, look, he's, hey, look, he's doing everything right. And, and you know, my, he, if he continues this form, then he's going to put himself in a very good, very good place to challenge. But, um, the fact of the matter is you've got somebody like Hurlins who is willing to do what he's doing to put himself in a title fight. And that four-week break is, is the worst thing that could have happened for, 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 Hurlins, like for Hurlins' uh, competitors because that just is going to really help him. And then he's going to be coming out swinging. He, uh, Fevra's not been this close in a title fight after six rounds since 2016. Um, so it's been a while. So that is scary because obviously we've got a lot of data, uh, recent data that says that he doesn't stay in title fights. But I don't know. Something just seems different this year. I think he just seems so calm, confident, relaxed. I don't know. Just very in a good place. No, it'd be, it'd be mega for him to win. And it'd be I a, would like him to win. Another great story. Listen, what, when, I mean, that's going to be five years between winning titles. Is there another rider that's gone like, you know, that, that, that like long in periods between winning a title and the same class? I was off the top of my head, I was having a little think. And there was a. Uh, well, Caroli was obviously 2014 to 2017, so not as long. Geyser was 2016 to 2019, not as long. Uh, Ramon was 2003 to 2007, not that long. Uh, off the top of my head, anything else I could think of recent? Because um... this is the thing, hey, because. Usually you're in a really good place to win a, win a title. It, you're, you're hitting your prime or something, and then, and then it all sort of comes together. But five years is a long old time between um, you know, winning a world title and winning a second world title in the same class. Most interesting. I just want Fevra to win because it, I think it would do a lot for Kawasaki because bloody hell, they need some success. And it would be a new... Okay, he's a previous world champion, but it would be a new face and an unexpected winner. And that, to me, is quite a like appealing thing. Because it would just be like, oh, well, who saw this coming at the beginning of the year? Like, other than me, who actually called it slightly in Trentino last year on this podcast. Yeah, I don't know. I, d- I don't know if it will happen, though. And speaking of that, uh, Monster swept both classes for the first time since Mexico 2015. So that's been a while as well. Look at you, little facts there. Fevra's contract is up uh, for 2022. 
I know that he's got a very lucrative offer to go to Factory Kawasaki, which we believe will be Ice One. His contract was up anyway, so no matter what happened, even if Kawasaki was staying with the same team, he still would have had to negotiate. I believe he's got, I'm 99% sure he's got a very lucrative contract or offer to go to the new Factory Kawasaki team. But Fevra says he's got another option and he said that Silly Season is going very well for him at the moment, so he's happy. I can't figure out for the life of me what that other option is and I want to find out, but I've texted a lot of people and everyone's like, no clue. I've got one idea, but I can't say on the podcast because it links to another bit of thing that I can't say on the podcast. Am I allowed to say something, what I think? Because I know nothing, but I've kind of like literally looking at it. No, I think I know what you're going to say. It's not that. Not Honda. What would make you say Honda? Because I think Honda, like at the moment, they have guys are on their own. Mitch is injured. They kind of need a three-man team. Well, bloody hell, that's what I was thinking. Shut up. But this is what I was saying was basically uh, with Honda at the moment, they've constantly got geyser who's flying the flag. And not through any fault of Mitch's, that shit happens, but they've left themselves open with only having two riders. So investing in that third rider, it makes a lot of sense. And I think this is where you have two main riders and then you have a young rider coming up. I can't see that happening just because... um... I can't see that happening just because guys are in favor of one team. Eh, it's a bit like, it's a bit alpha doggy in it. And that is Geyser's team. That'd be like going to Dakali and being teammates with Caroli. That is Geyser's team. Yeah, but saying that Koldenhoff was on there with, um, with Caroli and... Yeah, you know, Koldenhoff and Caroli are different. Yeah, different, different scenarios completely. Especially if, especially if Fevre goes there with the number one plate. But this is all speculation because I'm not even sure if this would be, a, if this is, a, I've just randomly thought that could be an option in my head. Uh, he says that he's got two options, which is interesting and also worth noting that he is the only uh, GP winner who is out for negotiation now because uh, Sewer's signed, Coldnoff's on a two-year deal, Prado's on a deal until 2024, Herlin's on a deal until 2023. Well, Caroli actually, but Caroli's obviously like not, Caroli's either Dakali or retiring. Like, there's no real what about, what about um, who's Farner? Don't know. Because that's another option. So, uh, let's, let's Ooh, do this. You know People something, like this. don't you? No, no, not at all. You know let's something. Do, no, not at all. You're, you're putting two and two together and getting five. Oh, we're getting four. And I've hit bang no, on. not at all. No, not at all. That wouldn't, why would, like, let's think of the KTM group. That's, that would never happen. So, Let's do this because people. I found out on the weekend that people like this. Percentage, title, fight, break it down. Break it down for us. Okay. Well, on current form and current, like what we're seeing. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with. Yeah. Just how you feel after Lommel. Okay. After Lommel, I'm going to say Hurlins 40, uh, Geyser. 30. Um, no, actually, Geyser... F- no, sorry. Hurlin's 50. Geyser, oh. 30. Oh. That's uh, 20 you've got left. Prado, 10. And... Hmm. And February, 10. <laughs> Nothing for Caroli. 
No, I, I don't know what happened the weekend. It, you know, last week you said, oh, he has, um, a, a, you know, not great first moto and then second moto he comes to life and did the. Yeah, but also last week I said, Caroli said that he normally spends six months in, of a year at Lommel. He's only spent one or two months uh, in the last two years and therefore his edge in the sand, it takes a little while to get that back. Okay. And I just, like, if you look at the Lommel results from last year, they weren't great for Caroli. Knowing that as well about what he said about just it takes a little while to get his edge back. He gained two points on Geyser. I'm kind of just like, chalk it up and move, move on. Move on to next round. Okay, yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah, when you look I'm at not it really, like I'm that. not going, like, he, he gained two points on Geyser. Yeah. And he lost one point to Prado. I guess he's still only... Uh... What? It's not much, is it? It's, yeah, I've made a faux pas there, haven't I? Right, okay, so... Um, right, Hurling's 40. Guys are 30. And then Prado, Fevre, and, and Caroli all on 10. But Jesus, it's close, isn't it? It's really close. I will go. I don't know who I want as my favourite. This is I don't know who I want to give the... Oh, 14 points separate the top four now. I will go... Bloody hell, it's hard. I will go. Hurlings, 30. Geyser, 30. What's that, 60? I will go Caroli. No, sorry, I'll go Hurlings and Prado. No. (laughs) (laughs) Hurlings and Geyser get 35% each. Pardo, Caroli, Fevre get 10 each. That's that's pretty much what I said. Yeah. But you've put Geyser and Hurlins on equal footing. Yeah, and it's kind of a bit of a bad thing to do because Geyser's leading the championship. But I don't know. I just feel like winning three titles in a row is like a big thing. You've got to have everything go your way three years in a row. And I just feel like maybe that, maybe something will come up at some point. I don't know. I just got to, I just, I feel like the chances of three things, everything going in your way three years in a row is like, that's a big ask. Well, one of the things that could be going his way uh, could be the changes in the calendar, which I don't know if they've been announced or they're upcoming or whatever. No, no, nothing's been announced. Okay, so nothing's been announced, but we know that there are going to be some changes. Yeah, but that's why why would that favour Geyser? Because of the tracks. Mm, Yeah, but like Indonesia is good for Geyser. In fact, if that's one that goes, Argentina is good for like. It's not like we're losing Lommel. No, okay. Okay. All right. Well, I was just throwing that one in there. Okay. Well, take you through it in there. Just pick it up and take it straight back out. And <laughs> take, we'll I'll take my ball and I'm off. I was really happy to see Jonas on the podium. Yeah. I mean, when, when was the last time? Turkey 2019. <sighs> that must have been good for Tim in the, uh, in the whole team, hey? What's standing? Yeah, a bit of morale. Yeah, no, he's, he's deserved it. He's been, on, he's been on pace all year. He's quietly been very good. I was happy to see him up there. He was a little sick before Majora, so he wasn't sure how um, he wasn't sure how Lommel was going to go, like uh, fitness wise. But he said he felt good, and he's also looking forward to the four week break just to like get in the swing of things a little bit and get back up to peak performance. Also interesting is he's using a whim from Standing Construct. He's using um, his engines. Standing Construct do really good engines in house, so Jonas okay. is using that versus a full factory engine. Wow, because it's more, I guess, because he just finds it easier to ride with. Just likes it. Just likes to set up the standing construct provide. But again, all, like I've said a million times, so many positives about that standing construct team. It's bizarre. Like, 
I've never heard such a universal praise for a team, but everywhere you look, it's universal praise for the team. <laughs> but yeah, do, do we do we know kind of um, what they're up to next year? No, is Jonas staying standing? I don't know. You don't know. That's all up in the air. Okay. Yeah, it's all up in the air. I know Jonas would like to. Cool. Okay. Let's do this. I thought this was interesting as well. So we've had five winners in six rounds. Mm-hmm. The most competitive start to a season since 2008. In 2008, there were actually six winners in six rounds. Wow. Yeah. It's actually. Please, I was looking. Please don't I'm, ask me to name them all. Well, get, have a go. <laughs> Fuck off. Can you name one? <laughs> it's too early in the podcast for things like going to make my brain work. Uh, well, Crowley. No. <laughs> <laughs> was he still in MX2 then he wasn't yeah. oh yeah. piss uh, Coppins that'd be easy no right? oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> um, Strybos no <laughs> Ramon yes yes <laughs> uh, oh. yeah I got one I, I, right who's the other ones then uh, Dadaika, Ramon, Seppurcell, Deruva, Philip Hartz, and Barragan. Barragan again. Barragan. <laughs> name knew? comes up everywhere. Who knew? No, but so we've had five winners. The big, the big, big hitters: Fevra, Herlings, Prado, Crowley, Geyser have all won now. Do we have any other GP winners this year? Because mm. Joan, obviously the. Biggest candidates, Jonas, Sewer, Koldenoff, haven't won yet, so they would be the most likely. But yep. do we have another winner this year? Or do yeah, we end absolutely. with five winners? No, no, no. no. I think, I think Koldenoff's going to win. And I think uh, one week uh, it's going to click for Sewer. Not click, but things are going into alignment, Sewer. So I think both riders have definitely got a win uh, in them this year. Outside okay. of that... Um, Wait, who did you say before Sewer? Koldenoff. Okay, so you don't think Jonas wins? No. Because he almost won Lommel. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, there again, we've got Latvia coming up. So if ever he's going to win one, it would be Latvia. Mm, I wouldn't say that. Why not? Well, it's not like he's had a... It's not, he's, I don't think he ever won Latvia in MX2. Well, I know, but it's his home race, isn't it? So he, and the forum's going well. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very simple mind you've got there, James. Very simple mind. Very. Black and white, Lewis. Black and white. He is Latvian and he is racing in Latvia. And yeah, that's gives, both you an extra 10%. <laughs> gives you an extra 10%, doesn't it, right in front of your crowd? I'm guessing there is spectators at Latvia. Yeah, I think there's spectators everywhere now. I don't even know what Lomar was capped to, but it's pretty busy and loud. My phone stopped working, and I, the only thing I can think is that it was because of how many people were there. Yeah, yeah usually. Yeah, but it was kind of a shock to the system because my phone's worked brilliantly for a year and a half. <laughs> I've loved it. <laughs> Prado uh, was so-so. Um, yeah, so-so. Nothing kind of back to it's fine. <laughs> like, nothing great, nothing bad. It's fine. But very passionate about the track in the post-race podcast. Really? What do you say? It's why are we starting on a rough track? Very, like, I felt under attack and I, I felt like I needed to step in and say, I'm literally, I'm, I did not prep the track. Was like, <laughs> he very aggressive towards the track? 
the tracker design. He just was very like he, he it was everyone said it was the roughest lawnmower they've ever seen. And softer than they've ever seen. For what I don't know what that reason would be though. Obviously it rained on the day, but it didn't rain a lot beforehand. It rained on and off the, through the week. The roughest it's ever been. And softest. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what that would be, though. I don't know what the reason for that would be. Like, the softness, I mean. Because it didn't did, rain that much. Did you look at the track after? No, I was working. No. I'm not like you at a GP. I don't have time to just wander. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like, to, I like to look at parts of the track and see what it's like. Prado said that when they went out for practice on Sunday morning, it was basically already a Moto2 track. And he, I said to him, oh, what, would you rather them flatten like the track after EMX and then you can start fresh with a new track? Like... And he was, and he just was. He just said, "Name me one other series that starts on a used track." And I was like, "I, I, I can't, Mister Prado. I can't, Mister Prado." <laughs> wow. So he was, he was very. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is a point. Name other, one other championship that starts on a used track. No, there isn't. Like that what? is a point in a way. Like when you think about it, you're like, because oh, he he made the point. He said, if they flattened it after MX2, it would already be after MX2 practice. It would already be rough. Yeah. Yeah, very passionate about it. I mean, that's, that's a question for um, in front, hey? Well, it's just... Like, what was, the, what was the thinking behind it? But then it's kind of like, they can't win, can they? Because for the last five weeks, I've been on here saying they've done too much track work. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of can't win. I mean, I guess this is Lommel specific because leaving the track after Saturday night at Lockett is fine. But obviously, Lommel, I guess Lommel specific. I guess that's where this, uh, this factors in. Um, also, Prado's doing very little laps in time practice. Um, he did less laps than even Hurlins on Sunday. For, uh, Fe- uh, Geyser did eight. Fevre did nine. Coldenoff did eight. Everyone basically did nine or eight. Prado did four. And that, is a res- that is an effect of his long COVID. He's just not really... Go- he's kind of biding his time a little bit in time practice. Bloody hell, so he's just putting in what he needs to put in. Yeah, basically. And it was similar in a, well, it was, it was even more telling in Lockett. Prado was on pole. He did four laps in total. Fevre did 10. Monticelli did nine. Seward did eight. Geyser did nine. So he did half it, more than half the amount of laps of anyone else and still went on pole. So obviously it's a nice little strategy he's got playing there. Mm. A lot of talk about Prado for next year. Can't really say anything, but very weird that there's a lot of rumors going around. We will see. Caroli fifth. Yeah, we talked about him. Like, so it, I, I kind of can point to some clear reasons why it wasn't the most spectacular day. I think he'll be fine. I don't think it's anything worth. He's closed in in the championship. Happy days. Okay. And uh, did you speak to Tim? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, that would have been an interesting one, hey? If you want an interesting interview, you should go and listen to the sewer one. I, well, I did, I did see your tweet about it, so I am intrigued and I will go and listen to that one. Yeah. There's insult- he insulted me, which will make you happy. That's great. And then went a little deep. Oh. Yeah. Not sure. I'm not even sure I can say it on his podcast. Oh. Yeah. Okay, wow. I was kind of in two minds worth to put it out. Bloody hell. Yeah. No, he, he was joking. It was all in good laughs. Just, just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you know, you know Ben and Glenn? <laughs> ben and Glenn. Ben and Glenn. Oh, I like that. You know, ben had, his, ben had custom gear at his home GP. Coldenoff had custom gear at his home GP. Yeah. Sewer obviously doesn't have a home GP. 
No, okay. follow me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no Swiss GP. Yeah, yeah. No, no, fine. So yeah. at Lockheed, I was just talking to him, like not interviewing him. I was just chatting to him. And I said, like, what, what are you doing about custom gear then? Are you getting a, it this year? And he, he showed me the gear. He designed it himself. It's really good. <laughs> really good. It's really special. Like, it's yeah. not, it's more than just a design. Like, um, it's like, I don't know, it's very cool. And he was going to do it. He was going to wear it in Finland. And the plan was Hunter Lawrence is going to, the plan was for it to happen on a weekend when there's AMA and MXGP because Hunter Lawrence would wear it on Saturday and then Sewer would wear it on Sunday. What, Jeremy's own gear? Yes. Hunter was going to wear? Well, they're both Alpine Stars athletes. Well, no, but Hunter wanted to wear it. He liked that design as well. Well, they're best mates, aren't they? I didn't know. Oh, yeah, they're best mates. Oh, okay. So, Finland was the plan because it's Bud's Creek Saturday, Finland Sunday. Finland's obviously been cancelled now. So I said to him, oh, Finland's been cancelled. What are you going to do? Like, Because obviously, like, AMA's off this weekend and then we're off for four weeks. So like, I was like, you've kind of got one option. Turkey. And he said, like, ah, Turkey, like, who's going to care in Turkey? Like, and, I, and then I pointed out that I would, and he didn't like that. <laughs> so he said, yes, you would, but who else? <laughs> I was like, okay. And then he was like, yeah, fuck, I've got, uh, yeah, he's like, I've only got, Turkey's my only option. Fuck, fuck. Well, I guess I'll just kill myself. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was actually exactly what I said in the interview. I just went, wow. Yeah, that escalated. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a very far-fetched interview. But wow. Okay. Showing, the, showing the funny side to the riders, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. We need that. It's, it's good that um, their personalities come across because he's a yeah. funny guy. Yeah, because it was said in funny. It wasn't a serious Yeah, he no, he's a funny guy. He's And super intelligent as well, isn't he? We have fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, that's where we were. Um, crashed in time practice, crashed in Moto 1, crashed in Moto 2. I don't want to say it because it's a very out there theory, but other people, it's gone around the paddock already. There's theories that curlings comes back, Geyser starts crashing. Okay. So you're saying basically this, that it's in his head. And it is a thing, if you look... Hurlins gets injured in past years, Geyser suddenly is very consistent. That, is, that has happened in the past. Like, that isn't a... That is... The results do tell that story. So, yeah, I don't know. That's just a theory that goes around. Um, it, I'll tell you what, though. Sneaky, for sneaky little um, information, Geyser was ridiculously fast in that second moto. Uh, so Fevre was leading and obviously going very fast himself. Uh, lap 9, Fevre did a 2.15. Lap 10, Fevre did a 2.14. Lap 11, Fevre did a 2.15. Mm-hmm. On those laps, Geyser did 2.12, 2.12, 2.12. Jesus. Yeah, he was flying three seconds faster than anyone late in the second moto. So his sand skills are still there. It could have actually it could have been a GP win for him had he stayed upright. But then the same could be said for Fevre. Well, Fevre did still win, but I mean, he crashed. Yeah. Obviously, Hurlins crashed. Coldenhoff crashed. I thought I think everyone crashed, but yeah, just a a so-so day, and also just I don't know, it's kind of trending in the wrong direction for Geyser because he's been off the podium two weeks in a row now, which isn't ideal. He hasn't won a moto since Matterley, which was a while ago. So like, it's just not the momentum isn't really on his side. I'd say at the moment, no, he's hit that kind of um, he hit the obviously, obviously the peak, and now he's kind of like having the yeah the shit time. But you know that he's going to come back. He's good at Latvia. Yeah, you know at some point he's just going to pop out of a 1-1 in all his right with the world. 
I actually don't know who's going to win in Latvia because Latvia is really good for racing and also I feel like everyone kind of likes it and is good there. Yeah, but didn't a few riders complain about it? It seemed quite one-liney. When? I think it was last year or the year no, before. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it was. I don't think so. I, I think can't imagine was. Latvia being 1-9. No, I think it was. I think, I think it was a few so. people said it is. I think you were incorrect. No, I think a few people said it was dangerous and I think a few people said it is just, it's not very good for passing. I, I call bullshit. No, I'll... I'll Dig out last year's podcast. Okay. And correct um, you. Okay. Uh, post, post-race yeah, podcast, so just, sorry. Yeah, because you listen to those. Sewer <laughs> <laughs> uh, 7th, so-so day uh, is what it is. Could have been better, but also like, if you look at the points, it's not really a disaster. Blandering was 8th. Uh, very good. Very good. good. Result. Um yeah, he's actually, he is, he is doing a lot better. He's doing the most with the least, first of all, and he's also doing a lot better than people give him credit for. I don't think anyone yeah. really notices or talks about how well Vlandrin's doing. Well, basically, every, every rider in front of him um, was factory. Well, and behind him, Watson, oh. Bogus, Koldnoff, Jazakonis, Olsen. <laughs> he was the only yeah. non-factory rider in, in a, he was the only non-factory rider in the top 13. It'd be great to see him get a deal next year, wouldn't it? Well, he's got two offers for next year. Um, I'm guessing not one of them's factory. No, well, no, but um, one of them's quite decent. But we'll see what happens there. He should get a factory deal, I'd imagine. It's, it's weird because there's almost like more seats than... There's, it's, it feels as though there's a lot of seats available, which is weird because it shouldn't be like that. But for some reason, it, just, it does feel like there is a lot, um, a lot of room in the paddock suddenly. But there's no new teams or anything, so I don't know what has caused that and no one's really retired like I don't know what's caused that but it's, it's much yeah I don't know how, I don't know how you get into that assumption I'll, I'll explain to you after um, <laughs> okay Ben had a day similar to Lockett very um, results don't show how well he rode he, it could have been a much better result based on the riding but he had to stop for goggles in the first race a lot of guys had goggle issues uh, water getting behind the tear offs was basically the reason for that uh, with Ben and everyone else okay but speed is there. Absolutely no way anyone can say anything. Did you like that I dropped Watson Wagon on the studio show? I did, yeah. I and did. did you like how I slipped it in so seamlessly that it was almost as if it was just a normal thing? Yeah, it was, it was yeah, I would Masterful. say impressive, but I'd I would say, say it was impressive. okay. Didn't even flinch, just slipped it in there. Like, I was, quite imp- I was quite happy that I got it in there. I was quite happy that they asked me about Ben as well. Oh, I bet you were. Uh, bogus. Someone's got to spread the message. Okay. 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 Actually, there's a lot of. I've got. A lot I do. Of I do like Ben and Glenn. I do. It's like, it's like a well, it's like Bill and Ben, the Ben, Bill and Ben, the flowerpot men. Instead of it's Ben and yeah. Glenn, the flowerpot men. How do you even know what Bill and Ben are? I think I was just old enough. No, you wasn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where have you found that from? Because that is weird. No, a bit. Wait, hold on. Bill, Bill and Ben, sure the flowerpot men, were like early seventies. Like 70... 1952? Jesus Christ, I was like, yeah. <laughs> exactly, what the hell? Jesus, there was only three series of it. Yeah, so, so, so how? I don't know, who knows? I don't know if Bogus is still riding the bike of the future today. I don't know if that was just a locket thing. Uh, one question. Yes. What was Piney doing in Bath? That doesn't... Why was Piney... I just... I just no, why was your mum in Bath? It doesn't matter. We're on a podcast, James. Was it her birthday? 
We're on a podcast, James. It was a birthday, wasn't it? I don't know if Bogus is riding the. Fo- I don't know if Bogus is riding the bike of the future today. Who had Dougie? Today, I don't know if he is anymore. Anyway, but he was on a twenty twenty three in La- in Locket. It's not really. That's kind of. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Yes, I've said it now. Coldenoff had a disaster day. Coldenoff, actually, if you look at it, is kind of on a little like had the worst. Uh, what would you say? The worst has been in the wrong place at the wrong time more than any other rider this year. Getting caught up in a lot of first-turn crashes, first-lap crashes, Russia, Oss, Lommel now. Yeah, just like wrong place, wrong time a lot for Glenn, so he had a bloody struggle of a day. He actually was a bit like, he was a bit, uh, what would you say? He was a bit, I, I put it down for, to, I put it down as like he, he crashed a lot on the start. Well, no, actually, he stalled the bike out of the gate in the first race. He didn't yeah, crash. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, but same thing, same difference. But came back free. Yeah, but in the in his in the little Yamaha statement after the race, he was a bit like hard on himself. I thought, uh, where, where is it? Blah blah blah. These results are very very disappointing. I feel my riding was not good enough. I feel like we need to do more work in the sand. Like I feel like my riding was not good enough. It's like, well, don't be so harsh on yourself, Glenn. Like you did, you did start from dead last each time. Golf claps. Uh, Jazzacone is 12th. Another good shine is 6th in the second race. Yeah. Sand seems to be good for him, which is really, I said it after us, really confusing to me because I would think that sand would be harder for him because obviously there's a lot of moving parts in the sand. But then maybe it's because it's slower? Maybe. I, I think that's, that's possibly, um, possibly the thing which it alludes to, maybe. Again, um, it would be good for you to chat to him. Yeah, I, I don't know why I haven't seen him yet. Yeah. Olsen showed something uh, with a eighth in the first race. That was the first little glimpse of him doing something. Second race, he crashed twice, I think. I think he looped out as well in one of them. I, could, I, saw, that after, I saw him getting up and I was like, the only way your bike can be there and you can be there is if you looped out. But <laughs> who knows? Cyril Janot was really impressive. Yeah. Really impressive. But, but then he is a sand man. If he can... He is a Sandman, but if he can go to a hard pack track and do a result like that, he will get talked to for next year. Yeah, absolutely. And he's, he's still quite young, isn't he? He didn't have to go up last year from MX2, but he went up because obviously 450 is cheaper than running an MX2 bike. And he's basically doing uh, everything on his own. No. He's I'm on Sahar's sure. KTM. I'm pretty sure that's why he's, he's not, not doing every GP because he's doing the German Championship. Sahol's KTM yeah. is a legit outfit. Sahol's KTM is who Nagel rode for in his final year of GPs. Yeah, how long? Goes and also that? when he started GPs. Um, but what I'm saying is that I think he's young enough to still be in MX2. Uh, I don't know how I'd find out his age. See if it's in his Instagram bio. Yeah, I'm pretty. Sh- I'm, pre- it's I'm not pretty in his sure Instagram he's. Bio. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still, still uh, young enough. But good rider anyway. I don't think he's that old. Yeah. Simpson's bike smoked more than I've ever seen a bike smoke in a second race. Genuinely thought <laughs> there was a fire. Genuinely didn't know it was possible for a motocross bike to produce that much spoke. Spoke. And Radonik is riding with a broken rib. So that explains his dip in form. Ow. Van Horbeck said that the beater is really struggling in the deep sand at the moment, which confused me because he was good at Riola in March. Yeah. But then I guess Riola in the dry is very different to Lommel in the wet. Uh, fair play to uh, Lars Van Burkel. I know he listens to uh, the MX Vice podcast show. Um, so that was a good show as well the weekend. 
literally just buying Bob Chef. Yeah. Um, anything else on MXGP? Uh, I was going to say Todd Kelly. It was good to see him get a ride on the uh, uh, Hostetler uh, Yamaha. So um, I think he managed a, a 20th. He got, he got a point. Adam Sterry thought maybe... Um, do, we, do we not happen to Adam? Not just Crashed a couple of times. Just didn't really feel good from the beginning of time practice. Dan, because he's usually quite good at uh, Lummel. So obviously when the oh, it's one of his favourite GPs. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but, what did uh, you say about EMX 250? Didn't he win the EMX 250? Uh, I don't know. I just love how you. I just love how you throw out the most obscure like. Well, <laughs> I, know, I know he won the title uh, at Valkensvard, um, or he, he won. The, he won a race at. Uh, yeah, he didn't win the title. Oh, it was a race, was it? Yeah. Also, I was going to ask you about Trevelling because he's back, but obviously he's still getting up to fitness, eh? Yeah, he'll be. He'll take him a while. I, I presume the only reason he came back is because it was Jackie Martin's home GP. I got told that there was a chance he wouldn't race again. That's how bad his wrist was in the off season. Holy shit! Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I'm very surprised seeing back this early, and the only reason I can think is that it was JM Racing's home GP. Strybos had a terrible day. Wasn't very happy. Flipped me off after the race. <laughs> so. Oh, awesome! What about um? What happened to Usland as well? I don't know. Because usually very good in the sand. Yeah, I don't know. And okay. I don't know what happened. To, I don't know what happened to Strybos other than he crashed in the first turn of the first moto. And when I tried talking to him, he flipped me off, and that was all he did. So. <laughs> good old Strybos. I like that. Yeah. Anything That's else? On no, I, think, I think we're good. I think we've covered all the bases, ticked all the boxes. Uh, oh, oh, one glaring, glaring miss. Albie's back. Yeah, that was quite impressive. Albie is back. Well, actually, let's talk about let's talk about the track a minute more a bit more. So they made obviously a lot of changes to the first half of the track. Uh, new first turn, which was a lot better. The one last year was sketchy, but that whole section was just a bit like Mickey Mouse, full of a leader, one line, like just a bit. It all funneled into what, like I don't know. It was just all a bit like it was really narrow as well in spots. I don't really know. Like we, this may have been the most one-lined Lommel we've ever had talking predominantly about the first half of the track. And that's just a pattern this year. Like, we seem to just be having one... Like, I don't know what to do to fix it. I mean, it's not my job, so I probably shouldn't care, but it's not like I'll have a say. But just feel like we're on a bit... Of, we, need to get, we need to open these tracks up a little bit. Um, regarding Ferrato, uh, that's three 14th places um, in a row now. So I want to see that continue. I think... I think we're going to see big things now for the rest of the year. We'll define big things. We're going to see uh, consistency. We're going to see him edging towards that uh, 12th, 13th uh, position. Big things. <laughs> so the big things is that he's going to edge. He's not going to get one more position, but he's going to edge closer to one more position. Absolutely. And that's what we need. That's what we need in a rookie year. Um, I'm just, we're six rounds in. Grade Fevre's season on an A-plus to F scale. Oh, A-plus. Okay. He's, he's, I think he's punching way above than what, what I've foreseen at the start. Hurlins. Uh, do you know what? If it, it's not really his fault, is it? Uh, you've got to say A-plus because... <laughs> but you have, haven't you? Because okay. like the whole the one steady landed on his back, if that hadn't happened, he'd, he'd be leading the championship now. Jonas? Uh, you want to say A plus again, don't you? <laughs> no, I, I, I. Well, you came in very high on on Jonas, saying that we're going to see big things from Jonas this year. Da, 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 yeah, we have. 
Yeah, we have, but it's he's on 159 points. Um, he's like the last. Is that of the, two DNFs? Well, so is is that his fault or is that uh, bike bike problems? Uh, it, was a bike prob- it was a bike problem in Lockett. I think it was a bike problem in Russia as well. Okay, so I'll give him an A for that then. Okay. Uh, Prado? Uh, well, I don't know. The whole COVID thing again, it's like, but I did expect him to be leading the title, so I would say probably a B plus. Caroli? Uh, a? Geyser? Mm. He's still leading, he's still doing well, so but I expected him, so A, I guess, because he's doing so, well, exactly. Uh, hmm, that's different. I would say a B minus. Cold enough? Hmm. Um, I would say a C, because I fully expected him to be in the hunt. Ben? Doing exactly what, what we thought he could do. I mean, Don't say we. Don't club me in with your... Okay, club, don't club doing me exactly what we... What, sorry, what I thought he would do, which is top 10. And um, that's, that's not exact, great. That's exactly where he is. So um, he's going to be an A as well because he's doing exactly what he should be doing. Bloody hell, I would have loved to have you as a teacher growing up. I'm just throwing out those A's. Give me another one. No, I've just done nine riders. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what, what, what would your grades be? Oh, would they uh, differ from what I said? Uh, Fevre, A+, plus, Herlin's a plus Jonas A Prado B Crowley A Geyser A Sewer B Holdenoff. Hang on, your grades are no different to mine. <laughs> no, they are. They're not. You said you said B for Prado. I said B plus. Yeah, exactly. That's the like difference. Half a grade out. Cold enough is difficult, isn't he? Because he's been really fast, like really good. Like as a as a from a riding standpoint, he's been really good, like much better than I thought on a Yamaha. Oh, but then yeah. also, but there's I, been I, problems. I fully expected him, and that's because of who he is. I, I expected him to be around that top four because of who he is. Whoa. Yeah. Do you want me to get you a signed jersey? Uh, got one, haven't I? I think I got one. Or maybe I haven't. No, I haven't. You have. No. Yeah, I'll give Coldenoff a B. Mm, B. And I'll give Ben an A. And to be fair, it's probably more chance of me asking Coldenoff for a signed jersey than you uh, in getting one. Not, I've not got a comment on my Ben grade. Uh, what was your Ben grade at A? No, an A. <laughs> <laughs> just, just ridiculous. That has been part one of the MXY Show podcast. We would like to thank our loyal and Quality sponsors in Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. As always, part one of the MX5 show is presented by Fly Racing and the revolutionary Formula Helmet. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe and know the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. We'd also like to thank 
Fly Racing for being the title sponsor of the post-race podcast. And if you listen to the post-race podcast from Lockett, you would have heard Adam Sterry say that the Formula helmet is the best helmet he has ever used in his life. And that, I can believe. We'll be back in five minutes with some MX2 discussion, your questions, and more. Yes, more. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Brock's Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Evenstrokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 79 of the MX Vice Show podcast, recapping Lommel and everything that's going on in the world of MXGP at the moment. Part two, this is, and that means it's presented by our friends at Technical Touch. With an air-oil-separated closed cartridge design that is well-known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson, and close to home too. Visit www.technical-touch.com slash KYB-authorized with a Z-dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level. And um, yeah, as we've said many times, there are really people in your country who can give you factory suspension and they'll be closer to you than you think. For instance, there's three locations in the UK and dotted around quite nicely. I must say, I must say. MX2, MX2. So let's go straight into this. Uh, Actually, no, we probably should go straight into the other thing. Uh, Let's go straight into this. Gertz won. Yep. Looked good. Do your title percentages. What, now? Yes, now. Jesus. It's like no foreplay, just straight in with the hard stuff, eh? Um, okay, I would say... Uh, I would say Renault 30. Um, I would say Gertz 30. 
then I'm going to go Viao. 15. Uh, and Guadagini, 15. Okay, I kind of zoned out. That took a while. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What would you say? Renault... Mm. You know what? Mm. Renault, 40. Gertz, 40. Guadagini, 10. Bosh. You know that at the start of the year, I did pick Renault. I think you said that Renault would win races. I don't think you picked him to win the championship because why would you have like admit like honestly? Sure? Why would you have bet against? Why would you have bet against Vial? Because I just, I knew that Renault was going to be good this year. Okay. Did you know that Renault can't really feel his clutch? No. Because he had like nerve damage in his shoulder or his arm from an old injury. Yeah. So his like feeling in his fingers or whatever is a bit skewed. Yeah, I think your title is coming from Renault or Gertz, to be honest. I think Gertz, this is why I asked, because Gertz won again, and he's obviously, I think he's going to take second in the championship after this weekend, and then I think it's a Yamaha shootout. Yeah, the, 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 VL, the VL train is just, the wheels are off. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to accept it now. Yeah, yeah. Although, although looking at it now, 121 points? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I, 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 think, need to, I, think... I need to... I need to accept it and move on. Yeah, I think there's because of the rounds are becoming less and less. The you know it's still hundred. If it's still 121 points in four rounds time, you know it's it's over. You know it's the dream's gone. So um, looks like uh, he's going to be in the MX2 again next year. So you would pick Renault over Gertz. Yeah. Uh, interesting because MX2's been wide open up until this point. Gertz now leads by 26 points. Uh, no. Wait, 95? Yeah, 20, yeah, 26 points. Gertz now leads by... Uh, no, Renault now leads by 26 points. Yeah. The last time that an MX2 rider had a lead that big after six rounds was 2016 Hurling. So this has gone from a very tight title fight to Renault has got more of a margin than anyone's had in recent years. Well, he's got a safety net now. Of, uh, if, if there's a mechanical or a crash or whatever, he's... Still in contention. He's still going to be leading. And if you just if you just look like okay, he had a ninth in a motor in Russia, and a ninth in a motor in Os. But apart from that, he's been a top six in every single motor. So, yeah. like that's that's the difference maker. But I think I would go Gertz over Renault in a fight to pick a favorite. Well, I like what you're saying, but oh, thank you. For me, um, Renault proved a point in the sand. Because Gertz, that was always going to be Gertz's um, best, you know, best race was in the sand at Lommel. And for Renault to come out and get second overall and literally just drop uh, a few points on, on Gertz is huge. Yeah, but Renault was like good at Lommel last year. Second in a moto, third in a moto, fourth in a moto, fifth in a moto, sixth in a moto. But he's he also was actually great on hard pack. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, like Gertz or Renault over, over on hard pack. I'll, I'll go Renault. Gertz is good on hard pack. Maybe better than Sam. Remember when he beat Prado around St. Jean? Yeah. But he does like a crash. Yeah, but he's gotten better. Like, because it's difficult now. In one way, I would say a bit disappointing that he didn't win both, both motos on Sunday. Like, I feel like he maybe should have beaten DeWolf, who we will get to. Yeah. But 
then I also almost feel like he's now trying to not force the issue too much and go slower to go faster. And I can't criticize him for that because that's what everyone's been asking him to do. So very true. I maybe like, although on one hand I want to go, he doesn't look as fast as other years. I'm kind of like, okay, but maybe this is the secret. Maybe this is what needs to happen. And the points he's clawed back over the last, what, three rounds? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, I think, I think Gertz would be my title favourite, to be honest. But we will see. Latvia is good for Gertz. Latvia is good for... I'd be surprised if Gertz doesn't win this weekend. But then maybe Kaida Wolf wins, because um, he is exceeding all expectations at the moment by quite a way. Obviously, everyone expected him to do well at Lommel after Ross, but were you surprised that he won a moto? Yeah, hugely. Like... I, I did not see that coming. I thought maybe um, Ossie kind of like maybe kind of peaked and he kind of found himself and was like, okay, I can see a lot of results sort of peeking around here, but I did not see that 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 win coming. But Jesus, he looks good. And I keep not saying only a it, win. 16 and he's that fast. Well, yeah, 16 and he's won a moto, which puts him in the same sort of category as Jeffrey Roxon. Uh, exactly. 15. But Prado was 16. Um, I'm trying to think who else would have been 16 when they won their first moto. But it's, rare, it's, a, it's a rare category to slide into. And the way that he did it, he dealt with pressure the whole way. If there was a time to make a mistake, it was whilst dealing with pressure from Gertz on a track like that. And he didn't. Yeah, and to come away with a 3-1. He has, he has been so much better than I think anyone, anyone, even Husqvarna, would have ever thought through six rounds. I'm sure everyone thought he'd get here by the end of the year. Well, but through six rounds. Yeah, but it, it's kind of like he, he's kind of like warmed up because if you look at the first two rounds where he went, um, was it Russia? Was that just a, a tenth in Russia? Uh, well, no, Russia, he had, Russia should have been a sixth in a second moto, but he crashed. And then obviously, uh, Matley wasn't great. Yeah, Matley was, Matt Lee was the one round this year where it's been very uh, eh. Yeah, and then from Italy onwards, it's just got better and better and better. So, um, super impressive. Like, yeah, huge talent. I think he won a lot of fans by winning that the week. Well, win, winning that race the weekend. He's he's um he's unreal to watch as well. Like, obviously, I don't think they showed him very much on TV, or did they? Uh, I think first moto they did a little bit, but um, second moto I feel like they were. I don't think they focused on him because no. obviously he was leading and yeah. So I, just, I was just watching him, like, and just watching his technique and his style and everything. It's really fun to watch. It's like watching a mini Hurlins. It really is, in the sand. It's really fun to watch him do, like, just watch him in the sand. Because there's so much natural talent there, but it's crazy. Yeah, he's, he is, yeah, a, kind of speechless. Like, 16, being able to do that is... We've not seen that for a while. Like I said, the Prado was the, you know, what's Prado now? 23? 20. 20. Is he? <laughs> yes, he's 20. Jesus Just. Christ. Oh my God, that's <laughs> scary in itself. I mean, the fact that he's got 10 years in MXGP. Well, if he goes as long as Caroli, he's got 15. Yeah. Gee, I, you know, wow. Yeah, talent. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch his career develop, Kaida Wolf, uh, Kaida Wolf, sorry, I should say. Um, yeah, he's just, yeah. Where do you think he's going to come in Latvia? Because in Latvia, I can see him podium in as well. Mm, yeah, I can, I'll see, I, I see him being top four in Latvia. Maybe he'll go 4-4. Four, four. Uh, I, think, I think that Latvia is good for a lot of people, as I've said, in MXGP. But also, Lommel's quite good for a lot of people in, 
Yeah, but Latvia isn't as deep, so it kind of levels the playing field a little bit with guys like Renault and other people like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds like, sounds like we're keeping you up, mate. You okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's been a lot, James. It's been a lot. I had a, I, so, I booked, so I got home from Belgium, booked flights to Latvia. Happy days. I, was, I sat down. I was like, I'm glad I've done that. Flights are booked for Latvia. I'm going to Latvia. Happy days. What was, now goes of, by. what was the cost of flights for Latvia? Out of interest. Uh, uh, they over 100 each? What? Oh, each? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, like They're usually quite expensive, aren't they? They're usually about 200, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, I think it was 200 each. Are you, do you have to go by Wizz Air still? Are they still no, even we got, Well, so I, so I booked flights to Latvia. Happy days. I was like, good, that's out of the way. Half an hour goes by. Ding! Your flight has been cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I was, and I was like, oh my God. So then I went to book another flight. On That was on Ryanair from Stansted to Riga. Okay. So then I, went and book, then I went to book another flight on Air Baltic. And every single time I went to like pay and like book, for, it just bounced back and said that we aren't accepting bookings for this flight at this time. And I was like, fuck. And it just said, if the problem persists, call us. So I tried to book this Monday night, tried it three times, didn't happen. So I was like, right, I'll try again in the morning. Went on in the morning. The price had gone up. Bloody brilliant. As it does. And it, yeah. happened, ag- and it happened again. So I was like, okay. So I rung them and was like, I just need to get on this flight. Like, I just need to get on this flight. Like, can you just sort it out for me? So then they went, I went through on the phone and they did all the details. Like, oh, this, yes, name, name, name. And then they went, oh, okay, the price is. And I was like, that's 200 quid more than I've got on my laptop in front of me. And they were like, oh, well, if you email us a screenshot of that price, we can do our best to get to that price. And I was like, well, how long, last, how long is that going to take? And they were like, around two weeks. And I was like, you can see that I'm flying Thursday. <laughs> so then I Amazing. hung up with him and I, I said, oh, it's fine. I'm just going to figure out my own way there. I was like, it's fine. See ya. Bye. So I, up, so I hung up on them and I was like, fuck. So I went back to Ryanair to see if there was another flight to Latvia. And there was, but every time I clicked on that flight, it was a dead link for some reason. I tried on my phone, I tried on my laptop, I tried, I tried private browsing, it was a dead link. So I was like, okay. And at that point, I was like, okay, I might not be going to Latvia. I don't know how to make this happen. Uh, in the end, I found a British Airways flight. Who knew they even go to Latvia? I found a British Airways flight to book that. And yeah. And it there. worked. Yeah. Well, so far, there's that, time for Is it. that from Heathrow or Gatwick? No, Gatwick's just a bit better. Ah, cool. Nice. Yeah, I'd have to drive. Like, it was a bit more money than the Stansted one, but at least I don't have to drive to Stansted. No, nah, I can spend a bit more time with Dougie. Two-hour drive to Stansted is not my bag. So yeah, go to Latvia. Thank God. Good Latvia. I like Latvia. Is it your, it's your second favourite, is it, behind Sweden? Mm. My favourite, Sweden is second. What was, what, what's the name of the pizza place you like to go to? Is it, is it Champions Pizza something or whatever? Um, it's Charlie's. And I Charlie's, haven't, we haven't, that's it. We haven't been there since 20... Best pizza you ever had. We haven't been there since 2015, you know. Best pizza you ever had. That's what you told me in 2015. Yeah, but that was 2015. <laughs> There's times, times passed since then. <laughs> okay, just, just checking. Now, Latvia's my favourite GP because of the whole... Sweden's my favourite GP because of the environment. You're on about, you're on about go-kart. <laughs> But Latvia tickle, tips the scales because of the hotel, the area. Tickles? Yeah, tickles the scales because of the hotel, the area, the, just everything like that. Like Good lap dancing bars. Sweden's a bit of a mess with... Um, Have you ever been in a lap dancing bar? 
Yes, of course. Sweden's a bit of a mess what with do you um chorus. <laughs> Sweden's when? A, Sweden's a bit when, of a mess. When have you ever Sweden's been in a, a lap dance Sweden's a bit of a mess with hotels and stuff, so that's why. <laughs> Latvia, tips the scales. Tips the scales. Of course. Tips the scales <laughs> and wins. Oh, brilliant. Oh. Where were we? MX2. Quietly quite good was Beniston in Moto1. Came from, well, 11th on lap one, but he was way further back than that. I think he was out, I'd say he was outside of the points. So to come back to fifth and actually set some of the fastest times of the race. Yeah, look good. Beaton had a, re- Beaton was really pissed off with his day. Not happy at all. But he was still fifth overall. So I think on a bad day with crashes and stuff, fifth overall is like acceptable. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I think you take that on a bad day. Obviously he went into that expecting to do a lot more. Hmm. Beaton is... 70 is 46 points behind, uh, 44? Right, hold on. 81, 91, 01, 11, 21. <laughs> Beaton is 50 points behind Renault. Exactly. Does he and have a shot that, at the title? That'll see you that long to work. <laughs> <laughs> Maths is not my strong point. Oh, no shit. Um, no, no. Okay, I still think he's got a shot, but you need, but um, it needs to. The ball needs to get rolling. I think he'll be fifth in the points after Latvia. Yeah, I thought. I thought you said that it was going to be a a Gertz Renault um, title fight, and then you just yeah. But I still, I'm not. I haven't. Although I haven't given beaten a percentage, I still think he can potentially. Okay, but are you saying the same about like uh, Benistan and uh, Fernandez? Then do they still have a chance? No. Okay. Speaking of Fernandez, he was quite solid in the sand, uh, six seven. But we're slipping a bit from where he was at the beginning of the season, and there's not as much excitement now. He hasn't been in the top three in a moto since the first moto in Majora, so that excitement and that attention is slipping a little bit, which leaves me to this question, James. So Gertz, who won Locket? MX two. Who the hell won Locket in MX two? We're not Renault. Hang on, let me have a look. Oh, Guadagnini. Ah, okay. Guadagnini. So, Renault, uh, Gertz, Guadagnini, Renault, Vial are your four winners so far this year. Do we have another winner? Uh, yeah. How many? Uh, I... I believe... V- Has Vial won one yet? He hasn't, has he? Yeah, yeah, he won the yeah, first round. Russia. Yeah. Um, so Fernandez hasn't, Brahame hasn't, Beniston hasn't, Beaton hasn't, Mostike hasn't. Cade Wolf? Does he win a Cade Wolf. Uh, does he win a sorry GP? Well, that's a question for you, James. Yeah, well, why not? Given given is how he's escalating to that point. Uh, that's only the next step, and we still got what, ten GPs left? Twelve? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? I think I think the magic number is eighteen. As long as they can get to eighteen, sounds like Tushintol's in trouble. It sounds like Guaida's in trouble. Uh, Indonesia's obviously in trouble. Uh, Argentina's in trouble. Uh, sounds like Riola might be in trouble, but less so than Aguado and Tushintol. Aguado and Tushintol, I think it's quite likely those two get canned. Um, Spain, James, I'd like to formally invite you to Spain. Is that the one with the mall with the trash yes. in the car park? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> see, I'm out. What? No, you'll enjoy it. 
Why? Trust me. Right. This can be a VMX Vice. This can be an a VMX Vice show experiment. Everyone ripped me last year. You 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 can come to the. You could come to the GP. GP car park. With the sole intention of either siding with me or going against me, you can just walk around with your little notepad, noting down if it like pluses and minuses, like mm, the toilet's a bit like isn't in the ideal position, and then you can come back and verdict it. It's okay. really cheap to go to as well. Really okay. cheap. Okay. All right, I might do. And the, the hotel is a two-minute drive from the track. Okay. It's like a um, dream compared to bloody Latvia, which is a fifteen-hour drive from the track. Okay, I might do. I might do. When is it? Uh, October the 18th or something. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll be around there. A little okay. bit of sun in the winter. That'd be quite nice. Oh, it was so good last year. Yeah, I might do that. Might do that. I'm going oh. five days early just to enjoy the mall. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a freak. Um, yeah, MX2. Um, Conrad Muse. Discuss. Uh, well, I thought we were talking about any more winners. I, I think that Ben oh. Stunt could win a GP. Okay. I think, yeah, I think there's going to be a few more. Yeah, I, th- I think at least three. Benison, Beaton. Uh, Benison, Beaton. And then one other. Don't know if it would be... I don't think Fernandez wins a GP now. What, what's happened to Hoffer? Because I thought he would have gone quite well. No, why? He's Austria. He's Austrian. They don't have sand in Austria. That's what KTM told me after the race. He was like, you know he's Austrian. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, they don't have sand in Austria. <laughs> That's it. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Oh, there's a little tip. Uh, practice. Yeah, me, you know what? Yeah, you know Rene's Austrian. I was like, yeah, we all know that. And he's like, well, they don't have sand in Austria. <laughs> okay, so that's that then. Um, so he's yeah, he was quite happy with his second motor ride. I interviewed him. Okay, he was quite happy with his second motor ride. Muse discuss. Uh, obviously disappointed for him. What 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 was it? A bike electrical problem. Oh, because he was looking good, motor one. I think he would have won that moto, in all honesty. He well, looked he like he had it. the measure. He looked like he had the, he had the measure of Gertz and Renault and looked very confident. And you can just tell with Muse by the bloody way he rides. Watching him in time practice, it didn't even look like him. It looked like, some, it looked like someone completely different. Like, it, like he just must have woken up and been like, oh, today, like, today's good. And then the result of that is he rides insanely well. If he could just do that every week, then who knows? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he was very he was very uh, disappointed at the time. I don't know if they showed it on TV. His little uh, shows of emotion on the track. Yeah, I seen I seen yeah a little bit, not much. Like crouching down and everything. Um, but after the race, he was quite happy. He actually said, he actually said quite brutally, honestly, the team have had to deal with my shit the last couple of weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, I like that. I yeah, like that's that, true, when, isn't it? When, like, no when a rider can turn around and say that, like they, they yeah, we're all thinking yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, fair play. It's like you can't get on a team's back when I've not performed myself. I've really stopped pressing sounds, haven't I? Yeah, I like it. It's so much better. But people like the sounds. No, they don't. And if it's you go on Twitter, GP, it's because the GPs have started, and I haven't had time to like load up new ones or think about it or anything. I think what put everybody was the guy screaming at the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 was the end for Thank a lot. Thank you of for reminding me of that because I've still got that for today's yeah, Planet Motor no. Bombshell. 
a lot of people. Uh, I'd like to just like remind that. everyone that the MX Fly Show is presented by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Ebridge Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. Thanks to all of those people. I want to give, I want to give, before we move on, I want to give a notable mention to uh, uh, Lagenfelder. Oh, he's uh, so good. I've, I've told every team to sign him, effectively. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I was just saying that. I, I thought his performance in Lommel was a little bit underrated. Oh. <laughs> um, but he's, he, you know... He's just we, good. Yeah, again, another was he's 16 as well. Yeah. Yeah, so um, another good young rider coming through. But I, I just, um, I thought he'd done really well at Lommel. Did he go 10-9? Was it 10-9? Uh... 10-9, yes. 10-9, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Give me good. your biggest uh, positive surprise from MX2 through six rounds. Okay, Kaida Wolf. Hands okay. down. Give I, me I your did... biggest disappointment. Um... You can, I, uh, I, it's not really that bad, though, is it? I'm just looking. I was going to say... Um, I'd probably say Harrop, but he is showing a few little signs, but I did expect him to be up there this year. Especially when he podiumed last year at Matley. He's a little bit like Conrad. Like if Conrad and if Conrad and Harrop were on the same team, you could literally go to sponsors and be like, we may go one, two in every <laughs> single session this year. <laughs> what, a, what a roller coaster that'd be though of emotion. Or I'd have no hair not left. So much. <laughs> I'd have no hair left. I'd just be like, fuck. This I, I I can't do this anymore. I can't I can't do this. I'm gonna need like a, an ECG. Uh, it monitor would just be if they were on the same team. It'd just be team potential. <laughs> it'd be team That's potential team be with massive highs and massive lows. Wilson Todd had a bike problem first motor crashed a couple of times throughout the day as well. Joel Rizzi was dealing with a virus. Fashetti didn't have a great day. Dave, David Aguilera was there training him, uh, working with him quite a lot on his sand skills. Uh, Bastian Bodam was better than his results show. He had a crash or maybe even two, but he was up there at different points. What about Petr uh, Polak? Brower May has been really like so-so. Like very flat, I'd say. Like you don't notice him. He doesn't really... Very quiet, very flat. Like nothing's really coming from Brower May. Obviously was, it's sand. But I was going to say that. In, in, when you look at it, he's only like, what, 45 points behind? Yeah, but I'm like I'm fifth, in the, I'm fifth in the championship. So he's had a, a, a under the radar year, but he's still there. His last four moto finishes are eight, four, twelve, eleven, eleven, six, seven, eight. But he's only seventeen points behind Gertz. Yeah, his first two rounds were really good. But I'm just saying. He, like he could be leading the championship right now if he'd continued in a way that it started the season, which is a second, third, fourth place guy. Yeah. But he's slipped to a seventh, eighth, ninth place guy. Yeah, which is, yeah, who knows what's up. And although he's not, you'd say that Sand isn't his strong point, he was on a podium in Latvia last year. So it'll be very interesting to see what he does this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that gives us a good indication. Um, I tell you, obviously, he's been, he's been injured as well. Um, but I, I thought Gifting would be better than he has, like, especially when what we've seen at Lommel last year. We actually have a question about gifting coming up in the Liat Ask Vice Anything segment. So we will do gifting when we get to Liat Ask Vice Anything, which will be after the next commercial break. Uh, that has been part two of the MX Vice show presented by 
technical touch with an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world. The KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks, that actually being Lommel, coincidentally, in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson, and close to home as well. Visit technical-touch.com slash KYB-authorized with a Z-dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Wherever you are in the world, hit that link, technical-touch.com slash KYB-authorized with a Z-dealer, and you can take your ride to the next level. Thanks again as well to Fly Racing. You saw Comrade Muse, Adam Sterry, using the Formula Helmet and gear in Lommel and every race this year. They'll be at Blacksall this weekend, not Latvia. Liat, some very nice, exciting gear from Liat on show in Lommel. Very, um, just an exciting direction. It looks like things are going for Liat, so going to be uh, good to follow that in the coming weeks. Planet Motor Holidays, go to Spain, get to Spain. Uh, dates are actually selling out fast for 2022, so you're going to want to get on that, people. Technical Touch, KYB, Ben Watson, Jeremy Sewer, Glenn Koldenoff, Jargo Gertz. Maxime Renault, many, many riders put their faith in technical touch and KYB, especially around Lommel when suspension is particularly important. Even strokes, James Burfield, MXGP TV, you'll use that to watch Latvia this weekend, or you may have used it to watch Lewis Phillips on the studio show this past weekend. Backyard Design UK, Tommy Sell, Asterix knee braces, Tim Geyser uses those, and he's never had a knee injury as far as I know. Coincidence? I think not. Armour Nutrition? Comrade Muse would use that to put a spring in his step at Lommel. And Blenzel Oils, who are making a resurgence in the world of motocross, one that you would want to be a part of. That is it for part two. We'll be back with Leah Ask Vice Anything, MX Manager Talk, Blenzel Performance of the Week, Armour You Smarter Than a Birth, Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week, and more. Yes, more. See you in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 79 of the MX Vice Show podcast. MXGP of Flanders, Flanders, Belgium review. This is part 2.5, you could say. A little impromptu advert there. Uh, but we've still got Liat, Ask Vice Anything questions to come. We've still got Blenzel Performance of the Week, the Planet Motor Bombshell, and many, many more things. Even Strokes Presents. Even you can be great at fantasy with. Fantasy Talk on the MX5 Show, Strokes. 
segment. So there's Vass as well, a fan favourite, fan favourite. As always, we'd like to thank Fly Racing, Leah, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. How's life going in the five-minute break, James? Uh, five-minute break was fantastic. Life is good, Lewis. I thought it was quite a good conversation, actually, this morning about uh, MXGP and MX2. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, for a, James had to dip, so this part of it, although it was a five-minute advert, it's actually been a 12-hour advert, so <laughs> we're picking this up. We're picking this up. It's not that bad. It's not 12 hours. No, seven. Right, Leah, ask us anything questions. Leah. Protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. That's helmet, that's goggles, that's gear, that's boots, that's knee braces, that's chest protector, that's neck brace, obviously. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology and mid-range price point, that 4.5 boot is actually really popular. Or the all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology and free bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. You'll see um, Sean Simpson wearing those goggles, actually. Uh, he wore them at Lommel, and he'll wear them at Blacksall this weekend. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Nice and simple. And you can follow them on Instagram at, at officialliat. Again, nice and simple. That's L-E-A-T-T. Right. Should we get into some questions? James, Afon? Let's do it. Do it. Are you excited for questions? I'm excited for questions. As usual, do I actually have any questions? I don't think I have any questions. You got the questions. Yes, I have the questions. You are not the host. <laughs> Sometimes I like to read the questions. Yeah, I thought I've taken that away from you. <laughs> <laughs> right. At edward.g05 on Instagram. Do you think Geyser has actually been any faster than Caroli and Prado for the last two or three seasons? Um, interesting question, this, because I'm not sure what the angle is on it. Is this kind of... Um, what's the word? Is this kind of putting Geyser down, or is this putting Caroli and Prado down? I guess kind of tr like putting Geyser down a little bit. What do you think, James? Um, I, I think he's probably asking, like... They might have all been the same speed, but at the end of the day, Tim's a broad champion from consistency, uh, lack of injuries and so on. So wherever they've, I'm sure at times they've been um, as fast or faster than Geyser. Um, but then on his days, he's, he's won more points in, in, in collected two world titles. So I think it's like anything this year we've seen with um, Fevre, like, you know, how quick he is. On his day, each rider, you know, depending on track condition, how they're feeling and how their train intensity, the whole lot, it all comes in. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a good question. I don't know if I'm answering it correctly, but I would say that um, the Crowley that we've seen this year is definitely seems to have stepped up for some reason or another. And um, we know that Prado is not 100% given what he's been going through with COVID. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that top five, um, top five, top six, it's not just three of them. It is top five or top six that can on any day be faster than anybody. Do you agree? Um, I think, I think Geyser has been faster than Caroli the last one season. Beginning of 2019, Caroli was faster. Last year, Geyser was faster. 
Prado, mm, tough to say, really, because Prado was very up and down last year as a rookie. So I don't think you can really make a comment on Prado. But as far as Crowley goes, 2019, Crowley was faster when he was healthy. 2020, Geyser was faster when he was healthy. So, um, yeah, that's what I think, Edward. At Brad Myers 22 on Instagram, do you think Hurlins will still win the championship? Yes or no question? James? Yep. Uh, yeah, I think he can. I'm not yep. saying he will, but I think he can. And I would yep. put him as a, one of my favorites above some of the others. Still. Even still. At Lucas underscore official point 11. <laughs> what? Did you just say official? Yeah. Lucas underscore official. Well, it's actually a fickle. There's no second I. A fickle. Lewis, Lucas underscore a fickle point 22. 11. <laughs> Why did I say 22? <laughs> Where did I get 22 from? <laughs> I don't know. There's a one and one. There's no twos even anywhere near. Can Jorge Prado win this championship? Obviously, after the first couple of rounds, we were quite, I think everyone was quite down on him. Uh, he's now close. 11, I think it was now. What do you think? Would you, how do you rate his chances? Nine down, not 11. No, he's four, no, he is 14 down. Sorry. That's uh, Crowley who's nine down. Um. I still, yeah, you know, he's still going to have a chance, but is he going to be um, Kaiser and Hurlins? So. I don't, I you've got to think, though. Okay, you've got to think this month off could do a lot of good things for Prado. And if he comes out swinging after that, Turkey's a good track for Prado as well. So if he can just get through Latvia and basically stabilize the points. Are we, are, we, are we setting ourselves up for a Prado run? Maybe, but how, how big would it be if he ended up being world champion this year? At 20. On a 450. I feel like you're very amazed by Prado. I am. I am. It's crazy, really. I've, I've, well, we've kind of been there since uh, the EMX 125 days. When yeah, it's it was quite him, cool. He's our, first, he's our first person who we've kind of been there through his entire career, from EMX 125 debut to EMX 250. Like, it's actually quite cool. I've actually seen 99.5% of his professional races. But that's like, that's like the same with him and, him, him and Conrad. We've kind of watched them go from that very, very young level to, to where they are now. And I think that's to watch that journey. Are you like a, a proud dad? No, I just, I think it's like a... I don't know what it is. It's kind of like you've just watched them evolve, haven't you? In six years, he's gone from from that to you know world champion, and, and now possibly at such a young age, going on to to win a world, like being in the hunt for a world championship is is crazy to think about. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't want to rule him out. At the end of the day, fourteen points is nothing. You know, after what's it, six rounds. Yeah, it's basically, I look at it as basically the top four are tied. Like, it's that close. Yeah. It's not even, it's splitting hairs, essentially. Especially when there's still, if it was 14 points between two riders, then yeah, that's quite a gap. But when it's 14 points between four riders, like, Prado could go 1-1 this weekend. Geyser could go 4-4. And that would be the 14 points. Yeah, they're tied for the championship. Yeah. They're like, it's that, and it's that realistic because there are that many (laughs) riders in the mix. Yeah, and that's what the, you know. That's what's, we, and when we started this season, this is what we were talking about. We were talking about possibly one of the most 
competitive and the amount of depth in that class. This is what we were talking about and it is happening. So do you know what? I, I think he's going to have to up his game to beat Jeremy and Tim. Uh, he's capable of doing that and we know the reasons why to, to why he wasn't firing all cylinders. But can he do it? It's, it's a lot to ask. Um, I, I got to be honest, I think this year's probably a bit too far for him. I think we're all sleeping on Prado a bit too much, but we will see. Time will tell. Yeah. At E underscore Burkis 94 on Instagram. How much of a safety hazard is Monticelli in the first four turns? You probably <laughs> didn't know about this, James. But Sewer said he had quite a good start in the second race. And, and then, then going what? into the second corner, out of nowhere, this 128 Kawasaki just came absolutely steamrolling in from the outside. And Sewer said he basically had to put a handbrake on to avoid just absolutely demolishing him. <laughs> As I've Whoa. said before, it's a common thing amongst riders that Monticelli has no risk factor, uh, risk meter on the first couple of laps. And actually, he did crash in that second turn in the second race and his shoulder popped out. So clearly, he does have no risk meter because he didn't really see that coming, did he? No, no. Interested to see what Monticelli does next year because, as I've said before, he is having a shocking season. There's no two ways around it. He is having a shocking season. 20th in the championship. 20th. Do you know what, though? Like, this was always the question mark over taking the money over a solid second rider for that team. So it's like, I can't remember what they're called, the E, Kawasaki E-S-C-S or whatever. Um, what yes, yeah, but this wasn't, this wasn't, Kawasaki wanted to run one rider, that being Fevra. Yeah. And the team wanted to have two riders, so the team independently went and got Monticelli. That's how I understand it. So it's not like, it wasn't a simple, like, let's find a second rider. It was kind of a split, Kind of, it wasn't like that straightforward, but um, right, okay. But you've got to kind of think that I don't know. Just it is it doing more harm than good? But, um, I don't see how it can do harm. Well, I don't know, but obviously, um, for people fearing for their life in the first four laps or four turns, did you say? Uh, for four turns, four turns, first first lap. At Dan Evans 525, we uh, run this one, yes, we run this one earlier. Are all VMX GP riders double jabbed or are they not getting the vaccine? Just curious after you guys discussing Prado on last week's show and how COVID was still affecting him. Okay, this is what I know. Strybos had his second jab on Monday. Geyser is waiting until the end of the season to get his just because he doesn't want to get like ill in the middle of a championship or whatever. The, the factory KTM group riders, KTM Austria, actually arranged somehow, I'm not really sure the ins and outs, but basically, they arranged for all of the teams to go to Austria in March, uh, April, before the season, and they had it sorted so that all of, the, all of the riders and teams would get vaccinated there. So all of the KTM and Husky and Gas Gas riders are vaccinated. Yeah. So that's kind of a little look at the wow. top riders. But even so, like that wouldn't, that wouldn't make a difference to Prado because he had COVID and it's in his system. So a vaccine now wouldn't make a difference because it's kind of like, not that I'm a medical guy, but I don't think it, it wouldn't make a difference because it, this is an effect from November. This isn't a new thing. This is just an underlying effect from November. And I don't think the vaccine gets rid of an underlying effect. I think it prevents the likeliness of future effects. 
Yeah, not to get too into COVID. It reduces it. So Kurt, who works for Even Strokes uh, on a part-time basis, um, is waiting for a kidney transplant, and uh, he's got COVID. Now, if he wasn't double jabbed, then it's more than likely he'd probably find this period very, very tough and would be in hospital. So he has double jabbed, but he's still very, very poorly. Um, but he's managed to to get through it without going poorly. Yeah, very poorly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think all the riders were just trying to be sensible and trying to minimize uh, that as much as possible going into the season. And I'm guessing from what because pra- didn't Prado get it at Lomo last year? Yeah. Did he? Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. So, that's a long time ago. That was a long time ago, and still feeling the effects. Yeah, that it's was just October, I think. It makes me wonder, like, I wonder if I still feel the effects without realizing it. Like, what makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like, because Prado, yeah. it was only once Prado had tests, it was only Venny found out it was still in his system. Like, I wonder if that's why I'm absolutely balls tired right now. <laughs> <laughs> At AJ Ward 16 on Twitter, are the GPs definitely going back to two days from next year? Although a lot of riders prefer this format, I think the spectators need two days of GP action to justify the long weekend away in Europe. Uh, I agree with that last point, Alan. 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 Steve. Alan. Steve. I agree with that. I agree with your last point, Alan. But I want, I'd be interested to know what people think. Because if they did decide to, like, the thing has always been they will go back to two days. I'm starting to become a bit more skeptical. For, I don't know anything, but I'm starting to just become a little skeptical of what, whether it actually will. Uh, if they were to skip, if they were to stay with one day, I wonder if it would work for... I wonder if what do people think of this. So let me know. What about if Sunday was... Saturday was EMX. Sunday was MXGP and MX2, like now. But on the Saturday, there, obviously it would be normal time, so everyone's allowed in the pits and everything. There would just be non-stop activities in the paddock. So although there's not MXGP and MX2 riders on track, there's signings, there's... Um, live interviews on stage, there's like giveaways, there's just constant activation for you to do. So like, although the riders aren't on track, they're there, they're accessible, they're more relaxed, you can like, like, would that be enough for some people to get excited? Because then you mix in EMX 125 and EMX 250 as well, and that's a good day, I feel. Yeah, I, I, I like where you're going with that, but I, I would like to see, instead of just EMX 125 on this, you know, they, they need to like have, uh, you know, one, two, five, and two fifty as many races as possible. They're the they're the fun classes to watch. And then the WMX and uh, EMX Open split between the remaining ranks. So I think they need to increase that one, two, five, two fifty championship. So well, that the problem. On a Saturday, this is a problem. This is a problem. Oh, hey, Bill. Do you want to come to the GP this weekend? You can watch EMX one two five and EMX two fifty on Saturday. That sounds amazing. Okay, Bill here. I'll get my suitcase on my way. Hey, Bill, it's uh, GP this weekend. Do you want to come and uh, watch WMX and EMX two strokes? Now nah, you're right, mate. Yeah, and it's, and it's not their fault. It's just, it's a harder sell. Trentino last year, there was two strokes and open, I think. Yeah, and works, I can tell Dan you that the press, re- 
I can tell you that the press room has never lacked energy. <laughs> As a whole, the press tent was a very somber place on that day, with a lot of people trying to find a way to go back to the hotel. <laughs> like, normally, like if there's an EMX 125 or EMX 250, the press room, you, you don't notice a difference from the GP day. Everyone's there for free practice. Everyone's like ready. I was shocked when I turned up to the press room on a WMX and EMX two-stroke day and saw that everyone else was turning up at like midday because they were just like, there's no need, like, there's no need for me to be there for that. Yeah. No, no hate comms. That, no hate comms. No hate comms. No, 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 it's not that. It's like the background of that is, is the demand, isn't it? It's, there needs to be more done to promote the championship. There needs to be more done to, to push it. And I think it will get there. It just needs a little bit of help. It's not like one, the 125 and 250 are basic, basically the fastest kids on this planet who are going to go on to do MXGP and MX2. That, that's, so basically, that's how it's worked. And, and it's been built up over a, quite a long period of time. I think with the, the EMX two-stroke, the EMX open, the, these, was it like the, it was a 300 class before? There's been some well, changes. That is two-strokes, same thing. Yeah, but it kind of needs, it needs its own place, branding. And again, you need the riders. So if, if, if women want to make a better world championship, then um, they need to fill the, the gates up. In, in, you well, know, they are filling the gates. They had 48 riders at Lommel. Jesus Christ, did they? Yeah, eight people got sent home. Well, I'll tell that back then. What do I know? Fair play. <laughs> did you Jesus watch, did, have, out of interest, have you watched any of the EMX stuff this year? Yeah, I watched all the EMX 125 and 250. So, um, religiously. Cool, look at you go. Well, you have to, don't you? It's the next generation. So, like we just been know. talking about with Prado and Natsuki and, and Muse, you know, that, that, that period then of those riders in before that it was the I can remember Tixier and Geyser in EMX and stuff like that is um Puches and you know those are the next generation riders some shit sometimes happens and they don't make it but majority of them do so if you're not got, if you're not watching those guys coming up then like, like Guadagini um you got Bonacorsi at the moment is they're they are the next generation of riders but the problem yeah. is with EMX Open is it's just they they needed to like EMX open having Jadaika in there was a pull. Absolutely. So, but but you need more than that. You need like that's great. But what you need to do is is some of those riders who are on who can't afford to do a GP season over here, a thousand euros or whatever for a race. That's a great a great opportunity for them to uh, to ride and look good in front in, in in try and get that place or get a little bit more help or whatever. And it's cheaper. So it's like. I would like to see sort of more people from the um, like national championships in there and fighting for it. So but that's just my opinion anyway. What okay. Uh, Are you actually yawning at my fucking answer? <laughs> Prick. <laughs> so unprofessional. No, I was only, I thought I put it on on purpose. I was, I was joking. At one, two, six, Mick. That's Mick Powell on Twitter. Is there something that motocross in the UK needs to do for the upcoming youth and WMX? Very little presence near the front in EMX 125, EMX 250, and women's, with the odd exception like Bobby Bruce and a few others. Multiples from Netherlands, France, Italy, Spain, and even Norway. Step one. There's an EMX 250 round this weekend. The British Championship is clashing with it. That would be step one. <laughs> On the whiteboard. I, 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 I got a tap out. 
I got to tap out on this question because that's good. I'm glad you're learning. Fuck me, it just drives okay, me. Okay, shush. You're, you're tapping out. You're tapping out. Yeah, that's. But also, just I don't know. Maybe incentivize. 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 Incentivize it more. Like I don't know. Like it's there is there is opportunities for these riders in EMX. Like. It's worth a punt. It really is. I really believe that. I really believe it's worth spending the money and going and doing a race and just seeing where you stack up because you might just show someone something. You never know who's watching. Not to be inspirational. From an industry point, point of view, basically, if you're from the UK and you're looking at this, then you need to get your ass to EMX because suddenly doors start to open and, and more help starts to come through. If you, if you need any help in the UK, all the brands will do is say, Go and speak to the, the distributor. They've got the budget. And all what's going to happen is you're going to knock on that door and probably going to get fuck all. So you start to go to EMX. You start to talk to different people. Different people see you. You start to build relationships. And then suddenly doors are opening because that's where the brands are. That's where the CEOs of those companies are. That's where the marketing guys go. That's where the sales guys go. Everybody goes. So it's like, stop complaining start doing EMX. And if you don't qualify, to work your ass off until you do qualify and just keep doing it and just keep pushing. So there we go. You've inspired me. I'm just saying. I'm me. just saying. At little Chris Cam on Twitter, I've been really impressed with DeWolf this season. Do you think he will be a one-season runner or does he have what it takes to win titles every year? Personally, I think he does. I, I think you, you kind of said about it earlier, it's going to be interesting to see what he's going to do in Latvia. Because if he has another podium in Latvia, then I think we're gonna. This is this is the catalyst of of something happening this year. If he goes nine ten in Latvia, then it's oh. I think if he gets a podium in Latvia, then it's going to be holy shit. If he gets a nine ten, it's going to be. Hmm. Do you agree? I don't know what you're referring to though. Like, what is? Because little Chris Cam is talking about the future. Is he going to win titles? Oh, so I'm shit, not sure sorry. how Latvia move. I'm not sure where, what. Sorry. Um, yeah. H- hands down. 16 years old and winning races. Yeah. He's, it's, it's going to be sooner rather than later. And especially if, um, if you get people like, how old's Renault now? Not a clue. He's got to be, he's got to be aging out soon. No, he's got to be um, uh, 21, I'd say. Okay. And then as soon as Vial wins another championship or, you know, Gertz does too or whatever, then, or Geertz. Um, yeah, I, he's, the, kid's, the kid's going. He's, yeah, I think we've seen enough to see that he's going to be a world champion. Yeah, I think uh, he's going to be a big, um, having him is a big uh, scoop for uh, Husky, I feel. Oh, massive. What else do we have here on Liat Ask Vice? anything. It's actually embarrassing the riches they have in it when you think about them as a group. They've got Guadagini on a KTM. They've got Vial. Um, and they got Yeah, Ka- but Kaido. Yamaha have got Renault, Gertz and Benison. Oh, so no, no, oh, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying like across the three brands, they've got a hell of a lot of young talent. At Chris United 93, did Geyser feel the pressure of seeing Hurlings out there? That's twice he hasn't been able to seize the opportunity to count Jeffrey out of this title race. I think you alluded to that earlier, didn't you? Yeah, you we, yeah, that's we kind, the of kind of talked about rumor, that. The rumor around the... Well, not rumor, but that's the kind of theory that floats around. 
Uh, but let's go on to Chris United 93's second question. Is, the year, is, this the year, what, is this the year that we see Gertz grab the title? Will it have an asterisk next to it as Vial missed some rounds? I think this is the year that Gertz wins a title. Yeah. Will it have an asterisk next to it? Sure, people are always going to say that. But if you look hard enough, every single title ever has an asterisk by it. Last year, you can say that an asterisk is by Geyser's title because Hurlings wasn't there. In 2018, you can say there's an asterisk by Hurlings' title because Geyser missed the first round. In 2017, you can say there's an asterisk by Karoli's title because Hurlings was injured to start the year and Geyser got injured halfway through the year. In 2016, you can say there's an asterisk by Geyser's title because Hurlings was in MX. Like there's, if you look hard enough, you can find asterisks on every single title ever. So you've just got... It's good bench racing discussions. People are always going to uh, talk about stuff like that. But champion's champion at the end of the day. And I think that it will be Gertz. Yeah, I got from, from what we've we kind of seen, it's gonna, I think it's going to be tight between him and Renault. I mean, one thing that's going to be interesting is if they are one and two, uh, uh, you know, after like, you know, three or four more ranks, how tense is that order going to be? I don't know. I don't think that Gertz shows any, any emotion in any way. At Stuart CMX, do you think Jed Beaton will be feeling the pressure now considering his young rookie teammate has two podiums this year and he has none? Jed does have one podium, Stuart, Stuart CMX. Uh, he, has, he was on the podium with Kai at Oss. But yeah, I'm sure like, there's a little bit of a... I'm sure, like, I, don't, I don't think anyone expected Kai to be this good this early, and I'm sure Jed didn't. I know he was very fast in practice, but doing it in the races and keeping it together is another thing. So I'm sure that no one expected it. And I'm sure that there is a bit like, everyone wants to be top dog, don't they? But Kai and Jed get on really well. So I don't imagine it will um, affect anything. But I'm sure that Jed sees Kai win a moto and is kind of like, oh, I want to I do that. Yeah. You can be sure about that. Yeah, if anything is going to give him um, a push. At Rocket Troy Burrison on Twitter. If Roman Fevre won a championship, would that be the longest a GP rider would wait between Premier Class championships? You brought this up earlier, somehow. <laughs> what a random... Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a good question, because obviously I brought it up. Yeah, well, we discussed so, that. Statman. Statman. We discussed that, up. Rocket Troy. Oh, Rocket Troyer. Uh, Rocket Troyer, Burson. Um, Orbison. Rocket Troy Orbison, maybe. There's no spaces, so I'm kind of just playing with this and trying to figure it out myself. I just don't think this is your strong point. No, there's no spaces. I can't figure out where the... Where, well, actually, there's no double T, so maybe it's Rocket Roy Orbison. That would make Either way, sense because Roy Rocket, Orbison was a singer. Yeah, but I don't think that's him. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's not, mate. Well, it might be, but I'm going to say it's probably not. No, it's, it's not. Isn't Roy Orbison dead? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Rest in peace, Roy. Do you actually, do you even know who Roy Orbison is? Never heard of him. He sounds a like player. a snooker player. <laughs> oh, my God. He's a singer, for fuck's sake. It does sound like a snooker player's name, doesn't it? Or a darts player. Ooh. I haven't had enough sleep. Okay. Well, we miss you, Roy. At Jack L. Hyde, are there any plans for MX Vice to do bike shootouts so people would love to have LP's opinion? Can I go off a little bit here? Uh, you can. Okay. So Honda released their new 250 last week. Uh, a big deal was made out of it around the world. I know that America got the news early so that they could be ready for the launch. 
Uh, Australia got the news early so they could be ready for the launch. Honda in Europe, UK, zilch. Not even an email, just zilch. Obviously, that's not the racing side, that's the product side, whoever that is. But I don't get it. I just, I don't, like, there's, like, literally, like, no interest in, like, there's nothing. Just, I don't get it. I genuinely don't get it. Confused as hell. I didn't even put wow. it on MXYs in the end, because I was like, well, why? I was just like, if they can't be asked, why should I? True, yeah. Uh, that's just nuts. Because I, I spent 30, when it dropped, I knew it was dropping at that time. When it dropped, I spent 30 minutes on Google trying to find a press release on Honda UK, blah, 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 whatever. Zilch. Couldn't find anything. So I was just like, oh, what am I doing? Like, just, I don't, I don't know. Like, just confi- like, I feel, I just feel like it's harder to do bike shootouts in Europe because it's not as, there's not, some people are, some people have means to do that. Others don't. Like, it's a bit of more messy. And also bike shootouts are a bit of a thing of the past. They're kind of fizzling out quite a bit. But we do have a test rider, which is Rob Holyoke, who um, goes out and does bike tests when uh, companies actually provide them. Maybe we'll do a shootout one day, but um, yeah, just that Honda thing confused me because it's just like zilch. But then, yeah. Just, I was just a bit like over it because I was just like, like, why is this so difficult? Is it, is it really that hard to send an email with like, here's all the Honda details, etc. Anyway, just grinds my gears. Like, can we not just do things properly over here? Can we, is, it, is it that hard? Really? Like, is it that hard to do things properly over here? At Aaron Azza 22 on Twitter. That's Aaron Saunders. Who's going to be the next up-and-coming rider to join the Hurlings, Geyser, and Tony battle? Well, Prado, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, I mean, but he's already there. The next one? Am I allowed to say Ben or not? Uh, if you believe Ben is going to be there, then yes, you may. Okay, Ben. Uh, MX2 wise, I don't know, Vial? But I'm not sure. I guess Vial. I guess Vial. Well, we, well, we had doubts about Prado on a 450. And did, who had doubts about Prado on a 450? You did. What? What? He said he's too small. Who said that? Yeah, you did. <laughs> No, I definitely didn't ever say that because Carmichael, you would make the like Carmichael is a perfect example of that. You're never like who said he's too small. I never said that. I'm sure you said that. <laughs> I never said that. That's so dumb. If I said that, I don't deserve my job. Um. Hmm. Well, the the other person you've got, kind of got to say just on on what we've seen is Kaido Wolf. Oh wow. So you got these dis- next generation of riders. I thought you were going to say be... Gertz. Mm, yeah, I guess. I wonder what, what Guadagnini is going to be like on a 450 one day. I wonder what Beaton's going to be like. I think Beaton's going to be good. Yeah, I think Beaton will be better on a 450 than he is a 250. Yeah. Yeah, Guadagnini's going to be good. Anyway, that's a wrap on Liat. Ask Vice yeah. Anything. Thank you, everyone, for the questions. Thank you, James, for your answers. No matter how terrible they were, at least you tried. Exactly. It's all about trying. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. That's boots, that's gear, that's neck brace, that's helmet, that's goggles, that's knee brace, that's chest protector. The list goes on. Mountain bike, the list goes on. No matter whether it is their new 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology and mid-range price point, 
of an all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology and free bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com. That's L for Lima, E for Echo, A for Anton, T for T-Rex, T for oh, Tyrone.com. Tyrone. <laughs> Whenever I hear Tyrone, which one is it? Snatch, I think the film is. Tyrone, the getaway driver. Brilliant. Right, what's next? Advert or roll no, into part three? Straight into part three, let's do it. Well, we're going straight into part three here on episode 79 of the MXY show, which means that I must tell you all about the fantastic company that is Prox Performance Parts. The final part of the MXY show is, in fact, brought to you by Prox Performance Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. They are that good. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements that all motocross riders are looking for. There's a reason why all of the riders in the Grand Prix paddock who aren't factory think Sean Simpson, think Honda SR, think Honda 114, think FNH, think Dixon. The list is literally endless. There's a reason why all of those riders who aren't on teams who aren't quite factory go to Prox. That's because it's the next best thing besides factory and maybe even better in some cases. And the exciting thing is that you, yes, you, can get the same parts for your bike, no matter the model, the year, the CC, the size, anything. You can get Prox parts for your bike. So you can get that little sink extra at a cost-effective solution. I'm confident that once you buy one product from Prox, you'll begin to uh, go through the library and see everything else that's available for your bike because it's kind of a necessity that I don't think people quite realize they need. So what you want to do is head to pro-x.com now to learn more about the insane list and range of products that Prox offer that could impact you and your ride. Leave nothing on the table. Leave nothing on the table. If you're not factory and you want to be factory, choose Prox. A little something for you, uh, Lewis, just to back that up. As summer suppliers have been having um, issues with uh, getting products and parts um, produced, even strokes kept a lot of uh, uh, prox parts in stock. And a lot of people who were, you know, no, I've always had this product, I've always, you know, had this sprocket, da da da, swapped over to prox because uh, that's all they could get. And I've come back and bought more prox. And I'm not going back to that said brand, whatever reason before. True story. Happened multiple times as well. So it's like, once you try it, it's like I'm saving money, it's a great product. What's not to like? Um, I'm very confident that people, like I say, people maybe don't realize that they need procs. Try it, you'll realize that you need procs performance parts. It's that simple. It is really that simple. And they're not like you, you hear advancements in technology like that and you think that it's going to cost the world. It really doesn't. You'll be really surprised. Really, really surprised. Everything, everything on your bike is available at procs. So head to pro-x.com now. This is part three. Planet Motor Bombshell time, James? Uh, let's do it. What have you got for us? Um, Planet Bombshell of the Week. Or the Planet Moto Bombshell of the Week. Yeah, Planet Moto Bombshell of the Week. Uh, well, you think, let me tell you, okay. escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better. And you can experience that right now. 
Planet Moto still have packages available in the 2022 offering, but you must act fast because they are selling out fast. And when I say fast, let me tell you, that probably isn't even an accurate word. Everyone wants to ride in Spain. Everyone wants to experience the insane offering that Planet Moto can provide. That includes accommodation at a villa, bike transport from, from Spain to the UK and vice versa, airport transfers, all tracks paid for and privately hired, all of your bike fuel, breakfast and lunch on riding days, transport to the tracks for you and your bike, a free t-shirt and stickers. That good. October the 4th to October the 11th, 2021. So not that far away, there's five spaces available. Maybe worth jumping on that by visiting planetmoto.co. After that, the next availability is February the 28th to March the 7th. That's how in demand Planet Moto are. So that October the 4th to October the 11th date, probably worth jumping on that, I'd say. Uh, there's also March the 14th to March the 21st, March the 28th to April the 4th, April the 11th to April the 18th, April the 25th to May the 22nd, May the 9th to May the 16th. Uh, if you've got any specific questions, feel free to send them to us and we'll forward them on to Planet Moto Holidays or... Uh, just DM them on their social medias, Planet Motor Holidays. So, James, Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week? I ain't got one at the moment. I ain't got... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all out of bombshells. What's yours? Hmm. Let me think. I mean, the... I mean, it ties in with uh, performance of the week, but I've got to say, Kaido Wolf taking that first Moto win. That was... That's got to be up there with Bombshell of the Week, especially beating Gertz. Mm. No. Just something better than that. Trying to think, to be honest with you, James. I'm trying to think. I mean, the problem was, is the week before we had Triumph. <laughs> that was two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Like, is there going to be a bigger bombshell than that thing? I'm trying to think what's coming. I'll tell you what's a bombshell. Uh, I'll tell you what, you did actually allude to the bombshell the week when you said you've been to uh, a lap dancing club. No, not that. Hold on. Oh. The Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week, that's Planet Motor Holidays, is in front have confirmed that the Motocross of Nations will not count for GP points. So, oh, it's a normal Nations, aside from the fact that it's up? in the middle of a season. When did they they really, well, it's not really been announced, but it's kind of... It hasn't actually been announced. It's just kind of filtering around. But it's going to happen that way. Oh. So, yeah. No GP points, which obviously has good things, like we can have a normal Nations format, but bad things, how motivated are the GP riders going to be to go in the middle of their season? That is going to be an interesting story to watch. Fevra has already said that he doesn't want to go. You've got to think that Geyser won't want to go because Team Slovenia isn't going to do anything. So... Yeah, it's obviously a bit trickier for Hurlings and Koldenhoff because the Netherlands is a contender for the win. And also they've got number one and three to run. So it's a, it's a bit more of a, it's a prestigious thing for the Netherlands, but also for KTM to have a number one at the Nations, that's a bit more of a pull, you could say, rather than guys are riding around with number 87 on his bike and not qualifying for the A-Main. Very interesting to follow. And actually, if Fevre stays true to his word and doesn't race the Nations, that would be a blow for France because they obviously haven't got Paul Land now either. So what, who would they have, actually? I mean, it's impossible to say because you never know with a French who they're going to fall out with. But because obviously they could have Musquin and Ferrandis. It sounds like Ferrandis won't do it because Star Yamaha are moving to the Carmichael farm that week. 
permanently moving. So it doesn't sound like that'll be possible, but maybe. Musquin, I mean, maybe? I don't know. I mean, they've fallen out many, many times and it almost feels like that relationship is dead in the water. But maybe if I don't have either of those riders... I'm going to go Tixier, Renault and Boirami. Exactly. That's not a winning team. So France, they need Fevre. They need to do everything they can to get Fevre there, I'd say. Other riders, Ben Watson's already said he'll be motivated for it. He'll obviously lead Team GB. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Like I say, I feel like the August break, the summer break, you could call it, um, is going to be full of Motocross of Nations talk and Motocross of Nations news. So, which is weird. I'm still struggling to like, I still feel dumb for even talking about the Nations because we're only at round six and it doesn't really fit. And it's in the middle of the season. So it doesn't really feel like it's that big a deal. But I guess it's time to get excited. If this was a normal season, right now we'd be going, so who for this team? Who for this team? Who for this team? Whereas now it's kind of like, eh. <laughs> well, yeah, whoever will go, of, will go. It's kind of took a bit of a shine off of the uh, event. Yeah, whoever will go, will go. <laughs> will you go, James? Yes. Absolutely. Are you sure? Yeah, I've not missed I've booked one you a since. Hotel. I've not missed one since 2009. Okay, because I have booked you a hotel room. Yeah. Is it, it, costs 20... a lot. it costs your hotel room costs a lot of money, so it'd be nice if you could do some work that weekend to justify the cost of your hotel room. Hey, just me being there is work. Uh, so I wouldn't argue against that. <laughs> <laughs> that is your Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Thank you to Planet Moto Holidays for sponsoring that segment. Blenzel Performance of the Week time. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Castor Oil has been a secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2022 Stroke World Championship using Blenzel, nothing outlubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green-label racing caster to the 455 Ultra, or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage, or to shop for Blenzel's full line of two-stroke and four-stroke racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow Blenzel on Instagram. That is B for Ben, L for Light, E for Echo, N for Naughty, D for David, A for Aaron, L for Light, and L for Jesus Lamp. Christ. On Instagram, that's Blenzel. I'm just reading about Terry Varner. What, have you just Googled him? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, it's a dude who builds some mega uh, race engines and also is uh, best friends with Donnie Emler. How have you found that in one Google search? I know. VarnerMotorsports.com. Check it out. <laughs> okay. Well, only the best choose Blenzel and their resurgence in the sport is an interesting one to follow. So jump on early, get on Blenzel, and you will not regret it. Choose Blenzel, never go back. So, you predicted what? Because I can't remember what I predicted. Uh, I said that uh, Kaida Wolf will win. Did you know? Uh, yeah, if you check the tweets. Uh, win what though? Win Moto or overall? Uh, I don't know. I think I might have said um, win the overall. Well, in that case, you were wrong. Well, I was fucking close. So basically, <laughs> I was right. Okay, half a point if you said overall. Um, I should have checked this. I should have checked this because I have no idea what I picked. 
I feel like I did say Fevra, but then I think, no, I think that was actually the week before. I think I picked Fevra yeah, to win did. Lockett. It was Lockett I said that because you said Tomac and it was a very Tomac easy thing is, to remember. Yeah. What did I say? Was it something to do with Hurlins? I don't think so. Maybe you need to remember what you said the week before. I do. I have yeah. written it. I have it written down. I just uh, once again really helpful that if you could. Yeah. <laughs> I could find out now if you want to talk for a second. No, not really. No one cares. <laughs> I think I've won this week anyway because there's no way you James. You, what? Tell us about. Tell us about Terry Varner, Comrade Muse. While I research what I've said. Okay. Obviously, it was great to see. Conrad's uh, performance this weekend. He done exactly what we all knew was possible. Uh, it'd be interesting to see him go into Latvia and uh, see if he can replicate the, uh, the form he's coming. I think one of, the, one of the things was interesting was uh, a different mindset of coming into the sand. Maybe it's maybe he's, his Lommel's a place which uh, brings good, back, good memories. He's rode there quite a few, uh, many years. So um, I don't know. It'd be great to... Uh, Maybe I need to listen to Lewis's post-race podcast of uh, Conrad to find out what the changes were. But, um, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what he does in Latvia and the upcoming rounds. Let's hopefully this is a bit of a turnaround now for um, the rest of the year, which is not any good Just thing, need to step in there, James. Conrad is not going to Latvia. That's obviously not great. Why is he not going to Latvia? Blacksall. He's actually going to Blacksall over Latvia. Everyone is. Sterry, Simpson, Comrade, Bobrashev, Gilbert, everyone is. The only people who are going to be in Latvia British-wise is Dixon. I, I'm Hello? Speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> there is KGM UK team in it, and they've got a British championship to win, whereas Comrade's nowhere in the uh, MX2 standings. If, MX, if Comrade was seventh in the MX2 World Championship, I'd imagine it would probably be a difficult decision. But Oh, wow. What is How did you not know this? I don't know. I just thought common sense would. would well, common out. sense would be go and win a British championship. But what is. He's won one already, hasn't he? Yes, James, but people. So, Caroli, Hurlings, and Geyser have also won titles already. <laughs> yeah, but it's world titles, isn't it? It's like a national title. Yeah, but British title means a lot to sponsors, especially British sponsors. I guess so. And Conrad isn't winning a world title this year. I hate to break it to you. Still a chance, though. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. We've got a zombie dro- apocalypse next after COVID, so it could all happen. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, wait, hold on. I tell you what, Terry six- Varner has got a lot of tools. A great selection of tools. 157 points down, Comrade is. It's fucking, you can still do it. It's Comrade. Oh, my laptop. All to sorry. play for. Yeah. So really, they're all going to Blacksall instead of Yeah, everyone is. Simpson, everyone. King Al. A lot of pressure on Lewis and his tweets this weekend. With with what? Well, everyone in the British paddock who would normally be in Latvia is going to be following the tweets to see what happens. So I've got to really be on my game. Bloody hell. Yeah, that's Planet Bombshell of the Week. Okay, sorry. Also, seeing as I had to interrupt you, I didn't find out what I picked for the Blenzel performance of the week. 
You you didn't find out. No. Well, that was great. Well done. Right. <laughs> is that is that it? Are we done? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down in future. Uh, right. No, Blenzel forms of the week predicted for Latvia. James, go. Let's uh, do it differently. Conrad, that Conrad. You've got to do one MX. It's not you've got going. To do one MX two. One MX two and one MX GP. Um. I'm still trying to get over this whole British thing. I will go MXGP, Fevra wins again. And MX2, I will go. Hmm. MX2, I will go. I'm trying to think of something good. Something a bit risky. Uh, uh, <laughs> MX2, I will go Gertz 1 1. Okay, I'm going to go uh, Geyser 1-1. One, one. Uh, and in MX2, I am going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go... Renault, second overall. <laughs> what a random prediction. <laughs> what, what a random prediction. I am going to go Isaac Gifting, 18th overall. Like, what a random... <laughs> What a random prediction. Yeah, I don't think he'll win, but I think he'll get second, retain the red plate in everybody. Okay, I'd like to change my MX2 prediction from Gertz 1-1. My my MX2 prediction will be Gertz, Guadagnini, and Renault will be your top three overall. Now you're just doing top three predictions. Well, no, I'm not doing it in order. I'm just saying they'll be your top... Those three riders will be the ones on the podium. So Guadagini, Renault, and Gertz. Yes. Well, you really went crazy with that one, didn't you? Well, no Dwarf, no Beaton. Barame was on the podium last year. No Vial. Anyway, that is Blenzel performance of the week predicted. Predictions have been written down and noted for next week. Is there a French championship on? Will Vial be doing the French championship <laughs> no. or something? No. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Castor Oil has been a secret choice for many championship winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2022 Stroke World Championship using Blenzel, nothing out lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of castor based two stroke oil. From the original green label Racing Castor to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop for Blenzel's full line of two-stroke and four-stroke racing lubricants, visit blenzel.com and follow at Blenzel on Instagram. And to check out Terry's tool, go to varnermotorsports.com. <laughs> I'm not sure how that's come up, but okay. <laughs> that's what he said with his tool. So, MX Manager. Ah, I did actually enter this week. We're all very thankful for that, James. Yeah, unfortunately, you did score, I think, 13 more points than me. Oh, you actually care enough to look? Oh, yeah. I'm savage actually, about missing it, because it is like, I reckon I would have done well. I actually um, rebounded a little bit, uh, thankfully. I did see. Lommel. Uh, I was 36th out of 1,174 teams. And I was, I am now 14th overall. Uh, let's see here. 394 points to four. Oh, I'm only 27 points behind. That's not, that's nothing. I can deal with that. Congrats to the winner of Lommel. That being SpaceX Factory Racing from Spain. 
Mighty Mouse 3 was second. Awana 611 was third. Mighty Mouse 2 was fourth. No. So I guess so Mighty Mouse has just somehow <laughs> got two, two, two of the top four spots. Quinn MX2 was fifth. DeWinder 44 was sixth. Team Elende was seventh. Team Dawley was eighth. Sam MX was ninth. Stavan was 10th, Sex on Legs was 11th, MX Herald was 12th, Fidge Racing was 13th, Coops 211 was 14th, and yeah, that's your top 14. Wow. Uh, I think I'm 112th or something. <laughs> Has your laptop died? My laptop's died, yeah, but I did look the other day. I think I was 112th and I finished 70-something, uh, I think. You are 138th. 138th then, yeah. That's not bad. I'm quite happy with that. And, uh, oh, sorry, you were 138th at Lommel. Oh. Uh, you are 215th overall. Oh, that's worse than I thought. <laughs> well, you didn't miss around. Yeah. Yeah. And that was probably going to be my best ever round. Oh, I'd imagine so. So, there we go. But I will be back this week yet again, trying to win. Uh, I haven't done prices yet, so... By the time that you listen to this podcast, the prices will be up. Well, let's hope. It's Wednesday. Yeah, don't. Struggling. <laughs> Jesus. One job you got. <laughs> yeah, that is all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One job. Jesus. Come on. Right, are we going? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you saying that might be the Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week. <laughs> can, we, can we go now? What else have you? What else is on your mind, James? Nothing. Uh, going home. <laughs> Final thoughts. Uh, yeah, bye everybody. Uh, really good to uh, to do the podcast this week. I really enjoyed. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think I'm ill. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm just really tired. I'm so tired because uh, Sunday night after the GP, I woke up at half two and I was stood. I was stood looking out the window and I don't know how I got there. <laughs> Did you go sleepwalking again? I don't know. I just woke up and I was stood on the other side of the room. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, how? You do sleepwalk a lot. Only on Sunday nights because my mind's so active. <laughs> Final thoughts, James? Uh, no, I ain't got any. Just, <laughs> um, I'm still dumbstruck with the whole British situation. Um, I don't know. My final thoughts would be, um, I love Latvia. I really do. Looking forward to this weekend. I'm actually excited to go there. Um, I actually am excited to go there. Of course you are. Partly because... How are you excited to that 45-minute drive every day? Well, well I mean... Well, an hour now because they've got so many... You better not get any more speeding tickets. Well, why does that matter? I paid them. Well, I... Do you know what? Uh, here's a funny story for you. You know that I get quite a lot of speeding tickets when I'm obviously abroad. And I never worry about them because I'm like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. So my wife let on the other day, uh, we were talking, someone I was asking about like speeding tickets and I was like, yeah, I've had a few abroad, but I never pay for them. Caroline turned around and said she's paid £800 worth of my park, uh, my speeding fines. You really are a terrible man, aren't you? So I didn't know, but my wife has paid all the speeding fines. So obviously she wasn't keen on me um, collecting even more. So, yeah, I feel really bad now. So there we no, go. No, I love Latvia. Viva la Latvia. 
Whatever, you freak. Right, can I go home now? What? You, don't you like Latvia? Uh, yeah, apart from the 45-minute or hour journey now to the track every day. Yeah, but it was no different driving to Lommel from the Vandervolk. That, that's not an hour. No, it's 40 minutes. That's got speeding cameras there as well. Did you know that? Yeah. On that road. Yeah. I still haven't found them, though, but they still keep finding me. Thank you to Fly Racing. You will see Comrade Muse and Adam Sterry wearing the gear and formula helmet in the British Championship this weekend at Blacksall. Mental. Liat, FNH riders Matis Brorame and uh, Mikkel Harrop will be using the gear and boots in Latvia this weekend. Keep an eye on their gear. Some very, very um, nice stuff coming from Liat. Exciting, and you'll learn more on this podcast in the coming weeks. Planet Motor Holidays, you heard the dates that are available. Get on them. Don't delay. Prox Racing Parts, the best that you can give to your bike. If you want to be factory and you're not factory, then choose Prox. Technical Touch and KYB, factory suspension for your bike. What more do I want need to say? Really, just hit that link that I said and find the closest authorized dealer to your house because there's going to be one closer than you think. Even Strokes, James Burfield, MXGP TV, watch Latvia this weekend. I'm surprised that James didn't take the piss out of my studio show performance more so, actually. But hey-ho. That should be bombshell. Backyard Design UK, Tommy Sell, Asterix Knee Braces, Tim Geyser uses Asterix Knee Braces. They are part of his ability to stay healthy. Armour Nutrition, Comrade Muse uses armour, as does Adam Cincerello, Nick Quay, Jeremy McGrath, Cameron McAdoo, and many more. Chad Reed And... Blenzel Oils. We actually haven't done Army You Smarter Than a Birth, but I don't think that would go down very well. <laughs> We're too tired for that shit today. <laughs> well, I'm not, but I feel like you wouldn't really cope very well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to those companies, and uh, I strongly urge everyone to show them some love on social media or order from them. Obviously, if you ride or otherwise, mountain bike for a lot of those companies, or even casual where there's a lot available with all of our sponsors. We align with them because they are the best. And uh, I would much appreciate it if you could support them. And this was the final part of episode 79 of the MX5 show presented by Prox Performance Parts who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Are you happy, James? Born happy. Okay, that has been episode 79 of the MX Vice Show podcast. Sorry we were a little tired. We'll be back next week with Latvia Talk and lots, lots more. And there will be Armour You Smarter Than a Birth. And maybe there will be Tom Neal as well. Who people... <laughs> <laughs> want back <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening everyone appreciate your support appreciate your support of this podcast appreciate your support of MX Vice appreciate your support of the Fly Racing Post Race Podcast and everything else that we do genuinely mean that your support keeps us going on the late nights and everything else genuinely from the bottom of my heart thank you for listening we will be back next week bye you are listening to the MX Vice Show even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. 
Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, LIAC continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free LIAT bulletproof velocity goggles, LIAT has you covered. Shop LIAT's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.